thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. All right. Uh, what is this even? Number 35. 35. Who's number 35? Mike Tolbert. Who else? Uh, Kevin Durant. All right. KD. Let's see. Any any, any uh, football-related number 35s? It's, it, this is it. This is it. Well, maybe until the draft. <laughs> but as far as, you know, talking about games, this is going to be Mike it. Mike Tolbert plays for the Panthers. Oh shit, Tony Esposito. Yeah, Chicago Blackhawks. That's a Hall of Famer right there. Can't believe it. I actually had to think about that. Uh Frank Thomas, wasn't he thirty five? Big hurt. Uh Eric Hosmer, number thirty five. Yep. The number thirty five has a Wikipedia entry. That's funny to me. Oh, because it's it's a it's a jersey number, that's why. Uh, All right, so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Woo the uh uh, yeah, I know. Not one of the, not one of the longest. Not one of our best. Went. Not one of our best segues. That's all right. Yeah, it's not our. It's not our <laughs> fault. People don't pick the number that much. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. But uh, so there was a football game Sunday. It, well, if that's what you want to call it. Really? Uh, I mean, I, I, okay. Chris, let's vote right now before we move on. Bit or no bit. Do you think he's doing a bit, or do you, or do you, or do you think he's being serious? I, I got to hear him out. Quite oh, honestly, I got to I got to hear but out. No, but yeah, but the, but 
that's the point of betting. You got to bet before you, you, you know. Uh, it's like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with. He's just being a contrarian for the sake of. See, I was going to go with no bit after that conversation about uh, throwing the game. So, all right. So you're taking bit, and I'll take no bit. All right. All right. So go ahead, plead, plead your case, Johnny. Go yeah, ahead, Mr. This, it's, it's it's not a bit, guys. I, I'm serious. The game, I get it. Historic. It was first overtime game ever in 51 games. And, you know, fifth title for Brady, fifth title for Belichick. I get it. I got it. Most passing yards. He's the shit. I got it. He's a GOAT. I give it all that. But the game in and of itself wasn't the best football game, or Super Bowl for that matter, that I've ever seen. How? They, came, it, it felt, they dug out from the biggest deficit ever. It's never gone to overtime in 51 years. I mean, what? I guess I want to know, what is your qualifications? And there, and there you go. How do you define the best Super Bowl? To me, I, I, if it's going to be a shootout, then I want to see a fucking shootout. Tip for fucking tap. But you, you go did. down and score, I can down and score. And the last one who has a defense play shit. If it's going to be a defensive battle, which we've had, then, it, then that's what I want to see. I want to see, you know, teams getting railroaded on off. But I don't want to see one half one team and the other half for the other team. And because they're on a roll, they win the game in overtime. I just, it, it reminded me, literally, I, I shit you not, it reminded me of the WWE. You know, you, you sit there and, and you watch Hulk Hogan and he gets his ass beat for five or ten minutes. All of a sudden, he's going to hulk up, and he's shaking, and he's getting up, and he hits the ropes, and he looks at his opponent, and he shakes his finger, and then he kicks his ass. But isn't that why? Isn't that why you've been arguing though the whole season? That's why these these Brady and Bill are the goats, so to speak, is because if anyone was going to do what happened on Sunday, it was going to be those two. Yeah, but to me, you're arguing two points. Yes, that is why they're the greatest. They could fight out of any battle. Absolutely, he has the game plan. And he could change it on the fly, and he did, and he was, and, and they won. It was great. But so many records were broken on Sunday. How can just I understand that? But the gameplay, the gameplay to sit down and watch a game and get glued to the TV and you know, give me a bottle because I don't want to piss and miss something. No, it wasn't that type of Super Bowl for me. There are greater gameplays. Well, it's because you weren't rooting for Atlanta. Let's be honest. I bet if you root for Atlanta, you love the first half of that game. It's the best Super Bowl ever if you root for Atlanta the first half of that game. If I was ready to shut it off at halftime, I'm like, you can't come back from that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, see, I learned my lesson in the 2006, I believe it was AFC, or, uh, yeah, AFC Championship game. At halftime, uh, I did turn it off. And the Patriots were winning big time against Colts. And actually fell asleep, woke up, was like, well, let's see how bad the, the, the Patriots actually stomped the Colts during the whole game. And I turned on the TV and went back to the channel just in time to see Peyton Manning and the Colts celebrate and go into the Super Bowl. Missed the whole comeback in the second half. Right, and he did it again. The Chiefs against the Broncos, I think it was. The Chiefs had a commanding lead and then what the fuck is at the end of the game? So I've learned my lesson about turning off the game. Now I'm, I don't mean I, you know, I'll turn I'll turn the volume down, and it might be background noise, which, to be honest with you, was what the halftime show was for me. But to me, halftime you know, was time to go smoke a bowl in the garage, get you know, reload on some food, 
you know, thrown in for some more, you know, fists to do some more shots. Yeah, I didn't give it. I saw maybe the last two minutes of Gaga. Honestly, if we weren't doing this show, I'd have probably kept the TV muted. So I looked over and noticed that the Patriots were actually scoring and starting to make a comeback. But because we do this show, I was like, I'm going to watch. You know, I'm going to force myself to watch this. Oh, you you had the puppy bowl on. Don't lie. You're watching the puppy bowl. It was. No, it's the kitten bowl, dude. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, they're both for the win. If it was going to continue to be a blowout, yeah. I mean, whether because we have to talk about it, that's the only reason I'd have kept watching it. But once I saw that they were out, the Patriots were like, "Oh, we're going to try to make this a game," I was like, "Shit!" And then in the back of my mind, I just heard this little voice go, "Go ahead and talk shit. Go ahead and talk shit." Because I saw a couple couple of my friends in, on uh, Facebook talking shit about you know, oh, the Patriots aren't going to cheat their way back into this and. This and that. and I, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I egged them on a little bit, you know. I kind of, I kind of poked and prodded them. You know, when I was it, like, so you think he's, you think he's going to start deflating balls at halftime? Come on, guys, what do you think? You know. And when Atlanta was up, I was, yeah, I thought of you, Rich. I was like, oh, it's going to be a rough year for Rich if Atlanta wins the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I wouldn't have heard the end of it from a few of my friends, but uh, I can't. I man, look, I don't know, man. I, I can't think of a Super Bowl that. Maybe, maybe Tennessee, St. Louis. Well, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the game, when the Tennessee players on the one yard line stretching and going, "Fuck!" See, here's the deal. Part of me that wants good podcasting wants to hear and argue with you for an hour. <laughs> Part of me that knows that you're a bullheaded piece of shit when it comes to things like this knows that it's a waste of everybody's fucking time. So I'm trying to decide whether I should point out the fallacy in your argument because you're just going to stick your fingers in your ears and go, "La la 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 la," you're wrong. So well, I'm not. I, I agree. Ooh. I agree with you guys. He's poking there the bear. There was historic things played. You know, the comeback was epic. I get it. If the game but, is close at the, on the last play, if the game comes down to the last play, it's a good game. If the game comes down to a last play in overtime, it's that much more epic of a, of a good game. And, and I'm with you, Rich, but I'm saying the game as a whole, to sit down and just be like, let's see what happens, and and just watch two teams of equal strength go at it for 60 minutes, and if overtime's needed, so be it, but for 60 minutes, just fucking tear each other apart is is a great game to me. As you said, St. Louis and Tennessee, that type of game. But to sit there and watch the, the Falcons blow them out, and, you know, Tom Brady looking like I just fucked the neighbor's cat, look on his face, praying to everything that's holy that he can find something to do better. And then in the second half, the Falcons are going, what What? what happened? What well, happened? First of all, first half, Brady wasn't looking very Brady-like, period. Yeah, Brady... Uh, yeah, Brady was not uh, not uh, the greatest. Uh, I was joking with everybody. Uh, no, he's just he's just adding to his legend. He's just building, the, he's building his legend. Uh, I didn't know I was going to be right. But yeah, first half, oof. Yeah, first half Brady looked rough, and just going by that first half, I was like, okay, what happened? Did Giselle throw some really good pussy on him the night before and fuck him in half or something? I mean, I've, I I don't think I've ever seen Brady come out in that big of a game and look that bad. Brady had his first beer the night before, fucked with him. <laughs> he had a, he had a, he had a, a Hershey's chocolate kiss and a non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, and it O'Doul's, and it threw him off his game. <laughs> yeah, with a strawberry on the side. He had Joey Harrington over, and they started living wild. They cracked open the Bartles and James. 
Yeah. But, but, but yeah, anyways, it's my half-assed opinion. I get the, the historic part of it, and I can appreciate everything that happened. But as a fan to sit down and just watch a cool-ass, kick-ass game... I wasn't impressed with the game. But the second half, but but that doesn't make, but what, how it ends doesn't make it a kick-ass game for you? I mean, that's, I guess, no, what I'm no. kind of, it, really? It didn't. It, it didn't make it a kick-ass game for me because the game as a whole, as I'm sitting here, it's just like, okay, you can't there was see it, but You can't punch. see it, but I'm doing, I, I'm doing my, I told you so, I told you so, I, I, I told you <laughs> so, I'm dancing my chair right now. No, <laughs> I'm not. Saying that I'm right, Rich. I'm just saying it's my opinion that no, the just not, came all the way back, went into overtime and won. No, that doesn't make it a great game for me. I look at it as the game as a whole, but, and with those two quarterbacks, the way they were performing this year, they should have went out and had a shootout. It shouldn't have been a defensive battle. It should have been a just a flat out hundred percent shootout, and it didn't happen that way. It was okay. Hit me with your best shot, Atlanta. Yeah, nice try. Hold my fucking beer. Here I go. And and it, that's just, that's not good football for me. Because I'm sitting there going, dominated, dominated, dominated. Okay, where the fuck did they go? What happened at the halftime? The, 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 well, the answer is something we've said a million times on this show already. They they played not to lose after halftime. They didn't, they didn't you know, if they, were, if they were playing to win, they'd have gotten to the 40s. As far, and if you look at how they've won most of their games this year, they busted 30, they busted 40 a whole bunch of times. They started playing, they, they played let's sit on this lead instead of let's just continue to build on it. And, and I don't know that they were playing to lose either. Their, only, the touchdown in, their only touchdown in the second half came from their defense. Right, but they're also on the, what, 20-yard line, and he's still dropping back trying to get more yards and going in for a score instead of just running the fucking ball. Taking a field goal and putting it out of reach. Hey man, I, I don't. I forget which. Are you talking about when it was? You talking about when it was three and one and they went? For, yeah. And he, and he, yeah, and he got sacked for the losses instead of just running the fucking thing up the gut, getting the, that one yard and eating the clock. Or, or not even getting the one yard. You didn't even need the one yard. Take a fucking knee and kick a field goal. But I, I think what we saw too is I think Rich nailed it. I think Rich iced it last show. Atlanta. How you beat? How you beat? How do you beat the Patriots? How you beat Tom Brady? You keep them off the field. They didn't slow their game down. They they just. I agree. And if you and if you look at it though, I mean, it's worked for you the whole season. You're gonna all of a sudden change your style on the last game of the year? Probably not. I mean, and they didn't. That's they. You had to keep Tom Brady off the field. They did not. Well, and it worked first half. The whole first half that worked. They should have just Devontae Freeman should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl because he should have gotten the ball so many fucking times. But well, we need, we don't coach. Especially how he was running free on him. Yeah, what forty yard play was the biggest one so, of the biggest one of the right. games for both teams. So go back to Pete Carroll. Instead of running it with beast mode, you throw it for a yard and get intercepted and lose the Super Bowl. Yeah, congratulations. I don't know. Just so your qualification is it it, it still ends twenty eight twenty eight, but it can't be one team dominates one half and the other team dominates the other half. It has to be even the whole game for for you to. Co- it doesn't have to be exactly even, but it doesn't have to be a hundred percent one sided to where the point where I'm about to shut the damn thing off, man. No, try, try. I can appreciate the dominance in the first half. Belichick's changes going into the second half and the comeback and all the records and. I got, I got it. Hey, I'm not going to act but, like the party I was at. A bunch of people halfway through the third quarter were like, "All right, 
See you next year. You know, I mean, it's, there wasn't. Donald Trump did it. <laughs> that was in the news too. The president was like, "Well, all right, see ya." Well, and you know, that's the shit I'm talking about. For to be an epic game, to be just holy shit, either have a shootout or have a defensive battle. Don't be a blowout one half, a comeback the next half, and then overtime. There you go, you win. Well, you need it's just, as a gameplay for the gameplay. For me as a fan to sit and watch, it, that shit's pretty boring. But I just don't understand how the, the fourth quarter doesn't make up for it. I mean, come on, man. I mean that, that Because that, it was just the same thing that as the fourth, third quarter. That fourth quarter was worth sitting through those other three quarters. It it just it didn't do it, boss. It 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 lost my interest halfway through when I'm thinking Atlanta has this in the bag. And then it's like, oh no, here comes my left blow, Tom Brady's coming at him. Okay. Come on, Atlanta. You spent fucking 30 minutes whooping that ass. You can't do nothing? Not a thing? You got nothing. Oh, come on. And too, I think, I think coaching in the end of it, too. I think it, I think it got down to it. I think Belichick pulled out his dick and went, all right, no, this isn't happening. Here's how it's going. Huh? Well, I think, I, 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 I think we all can agree fairly easily that Earl, you are, Hey, it's your opinion. You're free American over the age of consent. What the fuck ever, you're allowed to have it. You are very much in a minority on this out of everybody I've heard talk about this game for the last few days. So, I mean, hey, cool, whatever. Do your thing, you know. But, Rich, you got to understand, I'm not saying that I don't respect what the comeback, the first overtime, all the records, the passing yards, how many championships he's won. I'm not saying I don't give respect to that. But if you're asking me if that Super Bowl was the greatest Super Bowl, quote-unquote, ever, no. It wasn't fun to watch as a fan. Well, the next question is, what, which, what, in your mind, then, what, what is the greatest Super What was the greatest Super Bowl? There's 50 Super Bowls to choose from, man. You can't do that. I, you just When you have a game, and it doesn't even have to be a Super Bowl game, but for argument's sake, for the Super Bowl, when you have a game where you either have a shootout where you have both high-powered offenses at the top of their game doing exactly what they can do and what they should be doing and going back and forth, back and forth, as a fan, I'm not moving off the couch. If you have two defenses that are completely stellar and you're not going to pass, run, you might as well take your ass over to the locker room and hang out because you ain't getting a yard. That's going to be a fun game. You're, you're like, something's got to give. Who's going to fuck up first? I'm not missing it. But when you just have a game like this one, where it's a landslide in the first half, a comeback in the second half, and an overtime to, you know, coin flip, it's basically how that game ended was a coin flip. If Atlanta got it, would they have scored the touchdown? I don't know. But according to the first half, they should have. So to me, just on based on pure gameplay of me, do I want to leave and miss a play? No. That wasn't the greatest Super Bowl ever. All right. Well, I guess the- you know, like I said, if you want to talk about the history and the comeback and overtime and the records and the passing yards, yeah. Okay, greatest on paper Super Bowl ever. Are you calling this the communism of Super Bowls? <laughs> on paper, it looks great, but in, 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 in execution, not so much. I'm just saying. I, I could miss a play. I could miss, you know, a half of a quarter. And it would have been okay. I think a lot of people did. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see much of the third quarter. 
I mean, I quite honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't perk up till it was 2028. I was like, huh? What? What's happening? No way. And right. I'm sure as shit. Goes to my, that goes to my point and ask you this question. How can that be the greatest Super Bowl ever instead of one where you're like, you don't want to move because you don't want to miss what could or should happen. Uh, because in the end, you witnessed a 25-point comeback, the first overtime ever. It was a great feat, Chris. You're talking about a feat, a, 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 an accomplishment. Yeah. And you're right. And that's you're what right. adds to it. Faith, accomplishment. Amazing accomplishment. I mean, too, then it adds to the legend. About, you could argue things that you're talking about is what builds to the story is how most people were checked out. You know, the, President Donald Trump's leaving in the third quarter. You know, most people are like, all right, uh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Let's get a head start. You could, you, could, you could say that all of that adds to it. And then, you know, fourth quarter, Tom Brady goes, wait, hold on, everybody. Just wanted to remind you why my name is always in the talk for the greatest of all time. Boom. Done. Ship it. Check it out. This is why I'm the GOAT. Title five. Yeah, I get it. I, like I said. Just my opinion, and I respect that you guys think that the mystique of it all is what made it the greatest ever. I'm cool with that. I just, no. If I can watch a, a football game and not want to move because I don't want to miss something, that's a great game, Super Bowl or other. Okay, well, it's been 10 minutes, and I haven't hardly said anything, and you've repeated yourself five times. Is there anything else we could talk about this game, or are we gonna, we're just going to move on? Because it seems like we've, we've, we've spilled our load with, I respect you guys' opinion. My opinion is it's not the greatest game ever. I don't want to move when I watch a game. I mean, seriously, do we have nothing else to break? As a former player, a former coach, you can't break that game down better than that? I mean, come on, dude. Anybody want to buy a jersey? No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I can break that game clearly. Oh, you clearly. better make sure Howard Kraft don't see it online. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, Texas Rangers all over my ass. Great. Uh, no, as a player, as a, as a coach, I can break that game down very much you know it, it, it's the classic mistake that every coach makes is what uh atlanta did i got this now let's just see let, let's try to show them how big our dick really is and go big on them and throw it matty matty ice is gonna make his statement against the greatest of all time tom brady watch this up. meanwhile every time almost every time your running back touches the ball he gets 10 to fucking 20 yards I agree with you. I don't understand what the fuck. Okay. Did no one watch Super Did no one on the Falcons coaching staff watch Super Bowl 49? Did no one watch the last play of that game when everyone was like, you have beast mode. You run, it's a goal. You're, you're, on the, you're on the goal line. Run it. No, we're going to throw it. That's going to work out for us. I mean, yeah, granted, the situation wasn't exactly the same. But they made the exact same mistake. Why would you drop back to throw? Why? Why? You need a yard. You need to run the clock down. Well, not just that, Rich. You got to think back. Last When he dropped back earlier in that quarter, he got strip sacked. That's what I'm saying. You, it's uh, They've already proven they can get to him right now. So run it. It's, a, it's third and one. If you don't trust your running back to get you one yard, come on, man. And you're in the Super Bowl. It's not like it's not like you're. It's game, you know, four of the fucking preseason, and it's the fourth quarter, and you got a fourth, maybe fifth string running back up there, and you know, well, if he gets the yard, okay. If he doesn't, no, it's the fucking Super Bowl. And I mean, I get the whole argument you dance with who brought you, but at a certain point, man, that. <laughs> 
if they know what you're going to do, they can game plan for it. If they don't know what you're going to do, they have to play a little bit more conservatively. What is it's the whole like, point of what is the whole point of setting up the run or running the ball? It's to set up the play action pass so you can go deep on them when they bring someone they bring the eighth guy down into the box to defend the run. They knew they, they knew that they knew that fucking Atlanta was going to throw that shit. That, that is just to me that I, I don't I'm not even going to call that bad play calling. That's just lazy play calling. It's more of like pressure luck play calling. Because did you see the catch by Julio Jones on the sideline when he's in the air and some ungodly way he toe taps his right foot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Be happy with that. That's a major highlight in the Super Bowl. Congratulations on that big-ass pass play. Now stop. Run the fucking ball. Don't sit there and go, well, I'm going to press my luck and see if we could do it again and, and try to get him into the end zone. No. Get the yard. Kick the field goal. Make it a 10-point lead. Game over. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I I guarantee if you could hit the fucking... Get a DeLorean, hit 88 miles per hour with Doc Brown, they'd have ran it if they had a second fucking chance. Because so far, it's been what? It's been three days, and I haven't heard the Pete Carroll. If I had to do it again, I'd throw it again. I haven't heard that excuse come from anybody in Atlanta. If if I if they've said it, I just missed it. Maybe, but I think Matty Ice is on suicide watch. I mean, because dude, I mean that 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 picture you sent us, Earl, with uh, Hillary's face on it. Pretty, <laughs> I mean, that pretty much sums it up, man. Like, dude, you had it. <laughs> you were there. It was yours. You just had to finish, and you blew it. Like how Atlanta, I mean, sports talk radio in Atlanta has to be spectacular this week, but it depends, I guess it depends on your definition of spectacular. Yeah, it, it, uh, it just, it, because he got sacked, he got a 10 yard penalty for offensive, uh, what false start. They were in field goal range, like well in. And then you take a, a, a 10 yard penalty for false start and you drop your quarterback back trying to gain some of that back, you're still in Matt Bryant's fucking range. You don't have to throw it even there. But you did it again and take a huge sack completely out of field goal range now. Congratulations. You, you've left the game, the, the game, the Super Bowl, in the hands of the defense that has not been able to stop them at all the second half. And you have and the, the GOAT coming in. Yeah. And a quarterback who is who is basically orchestrated – some of the yeah biggest comebacks in Super Bowl history. Now he's got the ball in his hands. I do want to say this because Rich, you pointed it out before I heard it anywhere else. How about David Tyree? Whoops, yeah, fuck it, fuck David Tyree. The the minute I the minute I saw that that catch, I was like, if this stands, David Tyree, who right there that that mm -mm, that that's been bumped down at least one as far as. Uh, Top ten catches in the Super Bowl. That Julian Edelman catch was just ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah. he caught it between feet, shoulder pads, and I, I, I still, I watched it four times. I still don't know how he caught it. And it wasn't just a case of like David Tyree who pinned it against his helmet. It was a case of he had what two defenders trying to strip him of the ball on top of trying to bat it out of midair before he actually made the catch. And then once he actually had possession, we're trying to get the ball away from him. I mean. That's what we like to call a contract catch. Yeah, well, yeah, no shit. And Ann was catching it between their legs. I was like, that's the sickest catch I think I've ever seen. 
His next contract negotiation, they'll just be showing that on a loop over and over to Robert Kraft. Like, all right. The argument... The argument I heard against David Tyree, Rich, was David Tyree caught that when they were on third down. Okay, It was third down when David caught that. It was first down when, when Tom threw that one to Edelman. It, yeah, but it's still big. It, it doesn't matter. if he's huge. They, they had literally, literally seconds were mattering to them, and they had to get two scores with – Two two point conversions, which I mean, I guarantee you, if there was someone in in a sports book in Vegas making the odds at that point, the odds were not in their fucking favor to do that. Okay, and real quick, I gotta ask you guys because you I gotta know about some drunk asshole guess. probably bet that in Vegas. Some drunk motherfucker went, oh, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, sorry, cut you right. off, Earl. I I just because I made the point in the, in our. Chat it is the comeback a little bit scarred because three f- consecutive third down plays, the refs call holding on Atlanta. No, ain't scarred. That's we're, we're again we're back to part of the legend. That's part of the Atlanta collapse. You know, the, the one thing you're supposed to be doing is preventing progress, and you are actually helping to forward it. Yeah, but the whole. F- First half, I think they had, what, two penalties? Yeah, but they showed that they got tired quickly. I think that was an issue for Atlanta, too. New England had that uh, long-ass drive and kept them out there for a while, and they they fatigued rather quickly, and it showed. So it's all part of it. You of all people who love these two men, Tom and Bill, you should be on my side. Top This end of the legend is Bill's story. This is just I, more I sizzle for the stake, sir. I completely believe that Bill Belichick went in at halftime and was like, oh, hell no. Watch this shit. We're going to do this. We're going to move this here. You're going to take this guy. This is going to happen. He was even on. I watched him on the sideline going to each individual player with new tactics. I watched it. And it's like <laughs> some guys, it's just a picture of the bench. Like, <laughs> my second half plan for you. It's just a picture of the bench. And then the other guys, it's a picture of. The picture of them that they they had made up at halftime of them in a fucking Cleveland Browns uniform. <laughs> this is you next season. Yeah. You guys are laughing, but stop it because when Blunt f- fumbled that ball, did you see him again? No. Okay. Case rest, Your Honor. Dude, we've said that we've said that all season long, man. He's like the Red Wings when they were making their Stanley Cup runs with with free agents or trade deadline players. You can do whatever you want in the regular season, but once you get in the playoffs, if you don't produce, you ain't going to be here next year. It's bye-bye, take your ass to fucking to, to Arizona or uh, Florida or Atlanta. See ya. We don't want you. You can go be a, you can go be a big turd in a little toilet somewhere. And that's exactly and that's, how that's exactly how fucking Belichick thinks. Well, and that's exactly what he did. Because you didn't see Blunt the rest of the game. You saw White as the running back. And he's the one that did the two-point conversion. He's the hero. Scored the winning touchdown and all of this. But all that man did was try to fight for an extra yard. He lost the ball. They scored on the play. They scored on the next drive. <laughs> Bill was like, yeah, sit down for a minute. I need to talk to you. Yeah, you're fucking fired. <laughs> the New England Patriots are, are a nod to standards. Straight up. Like any organization, whether you have a business, a family, I don't give a fuck, any, anything. 
it is a nod to standards. It is a nod to upholding standards, to keeping them. And the, the track record speaks for itself. I mean, one more, and they're, they're matching title town. I'm just saying, Belichick went to Blunt and was like, catch me on the bench. How about that? <laughs> well, I will say that I will give Belichick this credit. The next day at the press conference, he, Bill Belichick, is, you can count on Bill Belichick to be Bill Belichick because they were like, so how, you know, five Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. They're talking about you as the best coach in NFL history. What are you feeling right now? And he's like, yeah, it feels nice today, but I already feel like we're five weeks behind on the 2017 season. Relentless. Yeah, that's, but that's how you get to be that attitude right there. That's how you get to be in his position. It go, and, and to go back to the Patriots and what I've been saying all season, it is the coach. Let's be fair about this real quick. It is the coach. I love that Tom Brady did his thing. Yeah, he's the greatest quarterback. Woohoo! However, it is the freaking coach. Because in any situation, that man does the math and figures out how to win the game. Yeah, but I bet you he too. Should. I bet you Brady is in the mindset. I bet you Brady will take a you know go on vacation or whatever with his crazy you know family that looks like they're out of a fucking magazine ad. But I bet you Brady's gonna be like six months till training camp. You know, I bet you he's in that mindset too. I'm well, yeah, you, I, I'm going to tell you what right now. You know who doesn't give a fuck whether you care it's a coach or if you think it's it's Tom Brady? It's Jimmy Draft. Garoppolo. Oh. No, because Brady and Belichick both said, neither of us are going anywhere, which means the Patriots can now shop him around, and they're going to get a haul for him because someone's going to be dumb enough to overpay for him in a trade. That's just that I, – I, I've seen it too many times where a player comes in, puts up impressive numbers under a system with a team that is almost foolproof. and well, Someone's going to Brock Osweiler him for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And Jimmy Garoppolo does not give a single fuck because he's like, I'm about to get paid, and that's all I care about. I got my two rings because he's got two. Super Bowl 49, Super Bowl 51. And he actually played this season, so he was a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The other one he did too, didn't he? Because it wasn't the last time they won was when Brady was out uh, uh, with the knee injury, like the first four weeks or something. Oh, I, dude, I can't remember. I, I, I recall the last, the last title they won at the beginning of the season. Brady didn't play, and people were talking because I remember at the beginning of that season, people were talking about, "Is this it for Brady? Should he retire?" And then the end of the season, he's like, fuck you, I just want a Super Bowl. So, but, yeah, but Jimmy Garoppolo, sorry, derailed the conversation. Who, who's going to overpay for him? Oh. Start that reckless speculation. Who's going to overpay for Garoppolo? There, there's, 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 a, there's a list of teams that would be willing to do that, dude. I mean, you got you to gotta think, okay, is Roethlisberger done? Because if he is... For sure, 100% done. That's going to change, not as much as if Brady would have retired, obviously, but that's going to change the landscape in the AFC. And I don't think that that Pittsburgh or Tomlin or any of the players in that team are ready to go into a rebuild mode just because Roethlisberger calls it a career. Yeah. Man, so I'm- they're going to be looking. they're going to be looking for something to plug in there while they look for a new, you know, franchise quarterback. And, I mean, it, I, to me... If I'm the if I'm the GM of the Steelers, I'm looking at Tomlin going, "Are you are you a good enough coach 
to keep us in the mix until we do find that fucking next franchise quarterback? Or can you turn someone like Garoppolo into a franchise quarterback? I'm reminded of Chris Rock. What you going to do? Here's the problem with Tomlin. He's not Belichick. Exactly. And, and it's like I've said, and he's proven my point in spades. Belichick oh, come on. can take anybody, plug it into his system, and win. He went to the Super Bowl without a starting tight end. Gronk? No, he was up in the press box, chilling. And the other tight end that was supposed to be one that was there for a good long period of time was sitting in prison going, oh, why didn't I pay someone to kill the people that I killed? <laughs> yeah. Why did I, why did, why did I have like to do Lewis? it? Yeah, Paul Ray Lewis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get someone else to do it. Get a fall guy. He wasn't at the, he wasn't at the symposium with Chris Carter. You didn't get nope. that message. Ooh. Oh. Your, your starting running back fumbles the ball. You sit his punk ass to the fucking locker room. Nobody even seen him. You take a guy named White that nobody's heard of. Hey, White and, had his sharing. White had his sharing uh, uh, moments this season, though. Yeah, but when you think running back in the Patriots, you think Blunt. You don't think White. Yeah, well, that's true in a few respects. I think that basically anyone that that is sitting on that bench that isn't starting or isn't getting a, a lot of play time when they're called up. They understand you better bring your A game. There is no warm up snaps. There is no okay. We'll give you a series to get your you know get your feet underneath you. There is you go in and you play at a hundred percent right now. And if you don't, we will find someone who will. Yeah, one of the Somewhere receivers said that in the press. Somebody. Yeah, one of the receivers said that in the press conference. Uh, you know, you get you know your call and your shot, and you got to make that count. It was the uh, uh, it was the rookie. I can't think of his name though. It was like number nineteen or something. Well, I don't know. I know that for we talked about Gronk for a second. Obviously, he didn't play since what week thirteen when he got hurt, and he hadn't caught a pass since week ten. But uh, motherfucker wasn't celebrating like he hadn't played and hadn't caught a pass in that long. <laughs> well, not just that. He's playing I mean, like he, he like he know, went out last week. Yeah, it, I I think seriously, if if I can read the Patriots the way I think I can. I think Gronk is limited in uh, the Patriots organization. I think he, his time's about out. I think he, I, I brought it up. I don't know if it was on this podcast or maybe it was just someone else bullshitting with. I think he. I think that the sun might be actually the bottom of the sun might be uh, hitting the horizon for that guy. Because if you just look at his history, he's got durability issues. Mm-hmm. Like when he performs, he performs, but it seems like every other season he's missing an extended amount of time. I, I don't know that, about that doesn't work for the Patriots, right? I don't know about his career being like on the down, but I, I think his time with the Patriots are, is is definitely setting, if not on on the very top part of the sun. Well, I mean, even if it is, he's had a hell of a run in New England. He cemented himself as a fan favorite. He'll always be remembered fondly i mean he's he's managed to dude bro it down or up if you will more than jesus christ i can't think of any fucking athlete bro. in history besides i mean in recent history at least who is more beloved by the fans than him and he's never really had a scandal he's never really gotten in trouble and i mean he he was he's self-aware enough to know that he's uh, duh. see with those guys though i always wonder man there, there's got to be something 
there's going to be something spectacular that is just having a lid kept on it. It's always the guys that are too squeaky clean. Was it like the Bill Hicks theory? You know, when they're when somebody's too far to the right, there's something going on. It's kind of kind of how I got with guys who have a squeaky clean image. Like, I, I'm in my and my example is Bill Cosby. Like, look what happened with Bill Cosby. Like, that's all I'm saying. I hear, I hear you, but I don't think he's got a squeaky clean image. He's got a hard party and oh, big time. Burying his 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 dick to the base in whatever. Yeah, but his his general image to it. America is the aw shucks. Like him and JJ Watt kind of got to think I'm the aw shucks football player guy. Like that's. But but no, there's been a lot of postings like of him in a, like a Johnny Manziel situation, where he's at a party just hamming it up, naked. But it's never with it's never I never get. I, I get that, that J.J. Watt would be the type of guy who would try to keep certain things on a down low and would would probably have that closet if you opened it up. You know, it's like vultures and shit fly out. Gronk just seems to me that he's just what you see is what you get. Like, I don't think he's smart enough to fucking get hammered slick and we're to try. firing up the jet skis. Yeah, he just I, I don't I just don't see him slick enough to, to try to pull some shit and hide it that well. And I mean, you know, hey, look, he—I can't—I can't fault the guy. He's earned it, man. He has fucking earned it. All right, if he wants to party, if he wants to go on Conan and play video games, and every time someone says the number sixty-nine, he giggles, whether it's a press conference or a post-game interview. More power to you, man. I, I mean, he's—he's he's the type of guy that's like—he's like George Bush. I didn't like him as president, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a pretty cool guy to hang out with when he was younger and he was in his drinking days. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure if you, if we all three hung out with Gronk, we would have a good time and some cool stories at the end of that night. Oh, for yeah, sure, probably, possibly, or, excuse me, herpes, probably the next morning. Yeah, yeah herpes. <laughs> now you brought up a good thing about cementing legacies and and getting their due. I just got to ask you guys how you feel about To No Hall of Fame. I always thought Tos. T. I always put To in the class of player that thought he was greater than he was. Like, I don't... Oh, no, 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 no. Now, if you want to talk about stats, man, T.O. has the stats. All right. Now, I understand that he started the whole show-off thing and was the basis for how we got Chad Ochocinco. I got it. But the man played. He's got stats. He has more yards than Tim Brown, Marvin Harrison, Chris Carter, Michael Irvin. Come on, man. I mean, come on. That's... You can't even... If we're just going just purely on stats, he should already be in. But we know what's going on here. It's the same thing that goes on in the in the baseball hall of fame. He did not have that great of a relationship with the press. And in the NFL, with that shield these days, especially the last twenty, you know, years, give or take, it is all about your image. All about it. So if he'd just been a, a good interview, he'd already be in. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a journalist who would tell you different and who was, who was being honest. Oh, well, yeah, look, number two, all time, T.O. Yeah, and, and just like with Chris going, I don't know, I always thought he was trying to t- convince that he was better than he always is. Chris is the majority here. Most people won't remember all of the stats and how T.O. played. What they're going to remember is him using a Sharpie, a phone, eating popcorn, going to the middle of the Dallas Star and getting the shit knocked out of him by Emmett Smith. 
That's what people remember. He he did make a lot of bad mistakes as far as look at me with his antics. And that wear thin on a lot of people. But you can't fall. I mean, people forget he was injured through the playoffs when he was with Philly when they went to the Super Bowl. It was not his fault that Philly lost that Super Bowl. Donovan McNabb looked like he was dragging ass after a fucking cocaine, booze, and bitches bender the night before at, in the fourth quarter of that game. I mean, Donovan McNabb did not look like himself. That was not T.O.'s fault that team lost that Super Bowl. But he got all the blame for it, and they ran him out of town because of it. And what the fu- let's be honest here. What the fuck did Donovan McNabb ever do after that? Nothing. He flamed out. T.O. went on to uh, Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Where he actually continued to have a good career. Granted, he wasn't the T.O. of his, at the height of his powers, but he was damn better than a third fucking receiver. Made Romo look better than he was. Exactly. Is. Hey, no, uh, I think it, I think it's I think it's bullshit. I, I mean, we've went back and forth on on Hall of Fame, what should and shouldn't get you in. While we don't necessarily all agree on that, I think I would say this: I don't really give a fuck what a guy did off the field because that's not what you're putting them in there for. You're not putting someone in the Hall of Fame for being standoffish with reporters or being like Barkley was when he played, making commercials saying, "I am not a role model." That's not what you're putting them in there for. You you put them in there for what he for what he did between the lines or on the hardwood or on the ice. That's it. Right. Right, and again, I want to point out that T.O. did this in a different era than what these kids are playing now. He was at the end of the new era where protect everybody. When he started in his rookie season, it was still kind of hard-nosed football. He also averaged the same amounts uh, of same amount of yardage as Jerry Rice. They both averaged fourteen point eight yards catch. Right, and he played with some of the greatest quarterbacks in the game. And if they're the greatest quarterbacks, how did they get the greatest quarterbacks of the game? Oh, they were throwing so, to people like Terrell Owens. Do we bring up the fact that maybe in in addition to what Rich is talking about, that maybe not winning a Super Bowl hurts you when it comes to Hall of Fame sometimes, perhaps? Well, this has been, this is his what? His second or third year of eligibility. It says two-time finalist. Okay. Maybe that would keep him out his first year. Second year, no, this is, a, this is an axe to grind with the voters. Yeah, exactly, because Barry Sanders never won a fucking thing. He never seen Super Bowl. He's in. And I'm pretty sure that Megatron will make it in before, if not his first time, by his second year of eligibility. There's another Detroit Lion that may get in before Megatron. A current Detroit Lion. He's number 14 on the list. Who do you guys think it is? Golden Tate? Golden Tate? Nope. (laughs) Think older. Jason Hansen? Nope. I'm talk- this is uh, players, uh, just a list of players with 10,000 receiving yards for more. Uh, 14. Herman Moore. On the list Nate all time. Burleson. No, current Detroit Lion. Like, still playing. Like, oh, current. Can, oh, c- could still eke his way up the list if he continues another season. Oh, shit. You guys are going to feel like, yeah, there you Bolden. go. Anquan Bolden is number Bolden. 14th on the list all time. Of, with receiving yards. Well, he won't go in as a lion. Let's be honest there. Megatron no. is 29th on that list. But once again, if you... He's if also you not eligible until 2021. Also, if you look at just his... How long he played, what he did while he played. Well, Megatron averaged that- almost 16 yards a catch. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you have to take that into consideration because if you just look... 
at Jim Brown's stats and compare them to Emmett Smith's stats, you go, well, psh, Jim Brown ain't shit compared to Emmett Smith. But I'm going to tell you what. If I had a choice between the two and I'm drafting them out of college to, to, to build a team around, I'll take Jim Brown over Emmett Smith any day. Because Jim Brown played, played, played in that era where the, 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 the field wasn't tilted in his favor. Those guys were clotheslining each other out there like the WWE. You know, they were, they were gouging at each other's eyes. They didn't have all these visors and all this shit. You know, when, when, when he was at the bottom of that pile, motherfuckers were grabbing for his nuts and trying to twist him off his body and shit. You know, someone, someone does that shit these days. I'm sure it still happens, don't get me wrong. But someone does that shit these days, and then someone's going to go run into the press and crying about it. Well, he did something to me uh, in the pile and blah, blah, he blah. He hit my head. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. What was it? Three, four seasons ago, the NFL... And, Passed a rule that you can't use anything that's considered a racial slur on the field. Let's be honest. You got predominantly black players out there talking to each other. Gee, what word are they going to use? And they're going to use it. And they're they're going to use it in in every single way that you can imagine. They're going to use it as as a term of affection, as you know, a put down. They're going to use it as uh, just come on. So. It's, like I said, you got to take that into consideration. And on top of that, Mega, Megatron was universally loved, even outside of Detroit. Even guys that, that played against him, they, they don't really have a whole lot bad to say about him. He wasn't an asshole. He wasn't a Keyshawn Johnson. So, Did he win Dancing with the Stars? I know he was a finalist. Did he win? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't watch the show. I don't know. But when it comes to Emmett Smith, I'm very biased. Because I don't think Emmitt Smith was th- that great of a running back because of his offensive line, dude. You have people like Nate Newton on that offensive line bench pressing 700 pounds. So? He didn't run the ball. He didn't... No, but he made your people move so Emmitt could. I'll give you that Emmitt Smith was quick and, and and he had some you know moxie to him or whatnot. But if he didn't have that offensive line, he ain't going nowhere. He didn't have the same offensive line his entire career. Uh, for the majority, for the good part of it, he did. We didn't have it the entire time. He did it. You're he, right. He put but up those numbers course, with a whole different people. But my my argument here is Barry Sanders had no offensive line ever, and look what that little bastard did. Yeah, but he didn't even want to talk about what they did. Emmett Smith got some rings. Barry didn't get shit. So I mean, Emmett Smith had we could, we could go back and forth. We go back and forth all day with this. Yep, we could. Because it's two different teams, man. Emmett Smith had players. Emmett Smith had a line. So I mean, you didn't have the same. You're, you didn't have the same line the whole time. Is what I'm saying. Like, here we go. Let's, let's just move on, dude. <laughs> my, here, here's the end all to be all of this argument. Okay, Emmett Smith, hey, and Troy Aikman. I tried, everybody. Smith, you heard. Ed Mitchell. That's it. Game over. Thank you for playing. I, I mean. Okay, you just kind of argued against yourself a couple ways, but all right, cool, yeah, game over, move on. How, how did I argue against myself? Troy Aikman versus Mitchell? Are you kidding me? He didn't have Aikman his entire career. Sanders didn't have Mitchell his entire career. I mean, you're, they did what they did regardless of who was around him, I think is the point I'm trying to make with both of them. Okay. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, especially back then. How long? I mean, shit, five years is a long career in the NFL. And we're talking about guys who 
I mean, did did Barry make it a decade professionally, or did he was it just shy? I think it was just shy. I don't think he would because I think he retired in two thousand, didn't he? Now Barry, that Barry was ninety something. I want to say it was retired before the ninety nine season. Yeah, I want to say oh, it was like, yeah. I don't. I am almost positive it wasn't it. But once again, you have to take into consideration the team he was on, the players around sure, him. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing with Jim Brown. Jim Brown didn't play fucking fifteen years. You know, but what position did he play? When you are a running back, even in a West Coast offense, ninety what? Uh, let's lowball it. Ninety percent of the time you touch that ball, you're getting hit. I mean, and you're not, you know, you're not get, you're not. It's very rare that there's a handoff where there's no contact and you just get a clean hole, run through it, and run it to the end zone. That's why they can. That's why they yards after contact is considered a fu- is is a stat because that's how important it is for a running back. I mean, so you take a lot of wear and tear. On top of it, running backs are not the biggest guys out there. <laughs> Barry is not that big of a guy. You know, uh, if, you, if, if you ever see him in the old film standing next to the lineman, he looks like a child out. He looks like Rudy out there, except for he could actually play ball where as Rudy couldn't. So, yeah, I mean, you could argue that was probably one of Barry's advantage was the fact that he was a smaller dude because he could, he could pull those moves. He could cause dudes to miss. He could just get into spots that bigger dudes couldn't. That's why I, I'm, I, when, when LeGarrette Blunt went to Tampa Bay, I was, I was like, because uh, to me, if you're going to be a 6'1 running back, you better be like 260, 270 pounds, and you better be a fucking just wrecking ball running through a line. Like I almost want, if you're going to be that big of a running back, you better be like, you better have an old school fullback mentality. Well, no, you need someone like uh, perfect example. What you're talking about right now is a Bell in Pittsburgh. A motherfucker just stops, looks, and goes. Like, you know, he's not exactly a small dude. So when he does get his momentum going, I think that's what makes him so successful. Is he, he's one of those rare big dudes. Sees where he needs to go, goes, and then once he gets going, momentum's half of his game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. If you've listened to the podcast, I make no bones about it. I prefer power backs to guys dancing around and, you know, oh, look, he made a miss. Yeah, but he made a miss behind the line of scrimmage and then he got hit for a fucking three yard loss. Okay, he danced around real pretty. You don't get yard, you don't, they don't count yards going east west. It's north. That's it. Right. <laughs> Lateral yards don't count. No. So, you know, we know that all too well in Detroit. That's where I can, that's where when people go, I think Barry was the best. I give him that pass, whether they're a homer or not, because I've heard it in every state I've lived in. The minute people would find out, especially in the 90s when I lived in other states, that I was from Detroit. Oh, my. First words out of their mouth. Oh, my God. Barry Sanders. That was the first words out of everybody's mouth who was, who was a football fan. Some who just weren't even really football fans, but they knew the man by his name just and his reputation. And it's like, yeah, Barry did a whole lot of dancing behind the line trying to you know find a hole. But when... He did it. He also made motherfuckers look silly, like they yeah. have children out there. But but also, Rich, you, you you got to dance. You got to do things like Barry did, because what's the point of running the ball to set up the play action pass? And once again, and you're right, Chris, he didn't just have Mitchell his entire career. He had Eric Kramer, Mitchell, and Rodney Pete. Wow, all star talent at quarterback. Woohoo! And so, did, but did Kramer end up in the Super Bowl like 
two years after he left us. I mean, we could argue Kramer was a guy that we just squandered. Charlie Batch has a Super Bowl ring. He sure does. Thanks, Pittsburgh. Well, that's that, that, that's 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 the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, though. <laughs> that's the hey, I'm here. I'm in a uniform. Just in case this guy gets hit. Like I said, I I can appreciate people like Emmett Smith and 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 those people that did the, their thing. I can, but they were allowed to do their thing because they had great talent around them. They had great offensive line. They had a quarterback that could make the passes. Receivers that will catch the passes. Tight ends that can block. Barry didn't have that. So he made the best of a bad situation. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. I'm going to say a lot of the time it worked because the man has some rushing yards. I'm just saying. But it, in order... He, You're making I, both I, points, I, Earl. It, it's <laughs> You're making both points, comparison. which I guess is good. Because I guess it means we both agree. Because, I mean, Barry, it's clearly a case of talent. Shit around him still made still made it work, but I'm you know and then your but your argument for Smith is good people around him still made it work and I'm saying yeah, he didn't have this whole career he didn't have good people he didn't spend he didn't retire in Dallas so no but he didn't do much in, in Arizona or or the Cardinals wherever the fuck they were no and the only time I've ever seen him play live is when I saw him play for the Cardinals here in Detroit and the girl I was with was like. She'd never really watched football in the 90s, and she's like, that's Emmett Smith? That's why I keep hearing all that? I'm like, you got to understand, that's old man Emmett Smith. You know, you're not seeing him in his prime, trust me. Yeah. She's like, uh, uh. this isn't Dallas, and we're not in high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, Chris, all I'm saying is football is very much a team sport. Okay, hold on, time out. Severe echo on everybody at this point. Huh? Well, it's good on this end, so it ain't coming through. What the fuck is going on? Hold on. I'm going to hang... Can I call in to you guys if I hang up? Uh, yes. Okay, I'm going to try that. Give me one second here. Okay, is there any echo from me? Nope. I don't hear an echo from you either. I miss out on all the good shit. And he's back. All right, and... Any echo? No. How are we doing? Done that an hour ago. All right, because <laughs> it's been coming and going to the point where it's been driving me nuts. Ha! I can't tell right. who's talking. I can't tell if I'm talking over somebody or if I'm only hearing myself talking back to me. So, hmm. all right. So back to my point. It's a very much a team sport. Okay. If if you don't have the right pieces at the right time, you're. you're I mean, somebody like Barry Sanders or Megatron, even are not going to get the chance to shine unless they have pure 100% talent. Because the point of running the ball, we've established this, for the play action. If you don't have a quarterback that can do, you know, stuff like Troy Aikman, Ben, or Tom Brady, then the play action just doesn't work because nobody cares. They're, they're like, okay, yeah, throw it. I dare you. And, and vice versa. If you don't have a back that can move the ball, be it for the offensive line or he just flat out can't be a running back, then I don't care who you have as quarterback, he's not going to be that great because they're going to go to this quarterback any any and every time. So team mentality, Bubba. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's nice that we sat here and went down memory lane with retired Lions players, but, I mean, if we've gotten to the point where we're talking about players who haven't played in over a decade and they're already in the Hall of Fame, I think it's time we move on to a new subject because we pretty that pretty much means we've strayed pretty far from where the Super Bowl boats uh, docked. Hey, Daytona Day is coming up very quick. I know you guys don't care, but I, I care. 
Okay, so is Chris? This is where we go to the bathroom and we let him talk for ten minutes. Yeah, if we're at the if we're at if we're at a concert, is this one from the new album? Oh yeah, this is bathroom break. Yeah. Hold on, it's for football. See, we'll see you next year. <laughs> it's probably the, the last football discussion for a while. At least till the draft. Who, who knows? But there. All right. So going in a circle. You, you know what though? For six hours. You know what though? The NAS the NASCAR is the only sporting event, if you want to call it that, that puts their championship at the start of the season. Why? What's the point I, I of that? I don't know why. It just is. You, if you win Daytona, you will be talked about the entire season. You will be followed the entire season. If you win no other race, if you don't ever place in the top five, you're still going to be talked about the entire season. All right. I, I, I don't know why they they value that race more important than any other track. Talladega is a great track. Uh Texas Motor Speedway is a great track. Bristol is the shortest track. That's fascinating to watch. All of those cars try to get in and out of pit and, and getting around that short-ass track. It's an amazing track. But even my friends who watch don't watch whole races. Like, they'll turn them on, watch this race start, you know, watch for 10 minutes, and then, all right, we're flipping around, and then you just check back in. And then, you know, maybe they'll watch the last uh, 20 to, you know, 15 minutes of the race. I, I, when it's something like Daytona, when it's a major race, uh, Bristol, I'll watch that entire race because they're going to give you something to watch. Trust me. And you don't have to wait more than 10 laps. You know, there's going to be a big wreck. There's going to be uh, a what the fuck ends out of the pits. I mean, there's certain races that you're going to want to watch the entire thing. Take your word for it there, Iceman. I'm not going to bake on you. Just, it just it ain't my thing. Like... No, like I think doesn't golf start too soon? But I don't give a shit about that either. <laughs> what are you what the hell in about? With the golf. I mean oh. no. Yeah. See? Everyone's got this well, I think things are indifferent. I think on. playing I think playing taps for the NFL season was a little too premature. We did kinda forget to talk about pretty pretty big story. And I've heard some uh some of the uh, four-letter network talking heads already shitting themselves over it. The fact that uh, Kyle Shanahan left the Falcons. And then, how do you pronounce his last name? Sarkeesian. Oh, Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. Oh, time to party. Uh, yeah, then uh, uh, they, hired, they, they hired uh, uh, the second coming of Charles Bukowski to come in there and fucking get drunk and, and be their uh, new offensive coordinator. I bet he's already got Atlanta to New Orleans flights priced. Like, oh, I can, I'd take this for 100 bucks. Well, I'll tell you what he's already got. He's already got Stephen A. Smith crying fall on that one. And usually I would roll my eyes, maybe not bad enough to sprain him, but, you know, to, to give him a good workout. Uh, when Stephen A. Smith starts crying about, you know, oh, this is racist and shit. But I, I think he has a good point. You got a guy who was basically let go because he showed up at a, at a, at a college football rally drunk and he was a coach of that team then he went to rehab then he sued his former team saying that they fired him because of his disability that apparently being an alcoholic is a disability to him and i'm in the front row and i'm hammered drunk so i mean i i, I think he's kind of got a 
he's he's kind of got a point here. Really? You're telling me that's the best offensive coordinator? Three. Well, he was hired yesterday, Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. So two days after the Super Bowl, that's who you're going to bring in? Who did you interview in those two days? Well, not just that, Rich. It's worth pointing out that he was an analyst at Alabama who took over the play calling for the championship game that Alabama lost. Yeah, well, I guess my tinfoil hat says how much of that was him just fucking calling out the plays that uh, 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 Saban told him. Fucking these these are the plays in your playbook that you choose from, and this is how this is what I want in certain situations. Down and distance, these are your plays to choose from, and these are the plays I'm handing you. No, I, I don't have think to wonder so, that. I don't think Saban would have lost that game. No. You can't win them all, man. Never did. We talk about this before, Earl. Sometimes the t- sometimes the coin comes up tails, and you've called heads. I'm just and saying. Sometimes say- your owner owns you a favor. I'm just saying. This motherfucker. All right, you guys go ahead and have this conversation. <laughs> no, nope, I'll be I'm back not. in five minutes. <laughs> no, man, I'm not going into it. It's, it was just a stick. Oh, he he really left. <laughs> he would. No, I'm not getting into that again. That was just for fun. But uh, no, I I. I uh, Definitely don't think he's he's qualified, the most qualified. How in the hell are you going to bring that guy in when you were that close to winning a Super Bowl? Oh, man, the NFL seems to, uh, uh, it, at least in the last few years, which the with the iron hand and the, the, the code of ethics that Goodell wants to run the league with, it's, it, it seems to be a place for you to run when you've done some shady shit in college. No problem. I mean, Pete Carroll's the number one example. That I always get from that, right? For USC and now Sarkeesian running to the Falcons. Uh, I, I I do want to kind of point out and give a big up to uh, John Lynch, like in San Francisco. Like when's Trestle going to show up in the NFL? Give that a couple more years, he'll <laughs> show up somewhere. La- we covered that last week, man. My question is, what happened to the Rooney Rule? If they were replacing coaches, assistant coaches, and, and offensive and defensive coordinators. I thought because of the Rooney rule, they had to interview at least one minor, quote-unquote minority candidate for the well, position. This is Atlanta. Maybe they just ran outside and grabbed a black guy real quick. Hey, you, come here. Want to interview for a job? All right. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is the ATL. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They, they called up Andre 3000 and said, uh, <laughs> hey, you want to come in for an interview? And he said, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, but I mean, I think it's a valid bitch. You're going <laughs> to... Look, if you've listened to other podcasts on this network, I, I'm not shy about it. I've had my problems with the bottle before. And I'm all for giving second chances, third chances, whatever. Okay, but <laughs> honestly, I mean, dude, you show up drunk at your job? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a problem. And it's not like you're a fucking, you know... uh telemarketer bartender <laughs> yeah a bouncer a stripper somewhere you know what i'm saying these are jobs that are highly coveted and there is a finite amount of them you know and what has he done what has he done to give him that 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 basically pass to where yeah welcome to the defending nfc championship fucking falcons enjoy your stay with us i i can't but that's what I was saying with John Lynch. He to make a, a move and get a head coach that was in the last year's Super Bowl. I mean, you're shaking some shit up, Bubba. I don't think that was. I think that was pretty much a given that he wasn't going to be there next season. One way or the other, it's, it's kind of like Austin with uh, 
here in Detroit. I'm surprised he hasn't been snatched up by another team yet. Because, I mean, you can argue, yes, it was the players around him or the players he had to coach that, that, that made him look like the defensive genius he was. But you, he managed that talent well, you know. So give him a whole team. Give him a shot at it. I mean, how many how many how many head coaching positions are open right now? A Six. lot, a couple of them now, because uh, Jaguars got filled and John Lynch just hired the Atlanta coach. So okay, so four, four, okay. still quite a few. Denver's looking for a coach, right? Still, because Kubiak retired. Which man, yep. that's going to be man. Denver, oh, I feel sorry for you. Sorry for you, Denver Broncos, because you're going to be two years out of a championship and your team's going to be in disarray. But well, and Demarcus Ware is a free agent. There goes the other half of your defensive line to to let Von Miller have free reign. Yeah, but once again, you take a guy like Terrell Austin, you stick him with a team who's known for their defense, like Denver. I mean, yeah, and let's be honest, Elway's going to give him the pieces he needs. It might take a season or two. I mean, do you really think that Denver needs to go into full rebuild mode, or can they just retool? They could retool. No, I, I think. No, I don't. I I think they need to go to full blown rebuild mode. Oh, hey, wait, man! Have, There's something there uh, that you can build on the defense. You're losing part of your defense. That's what I'm telling you. You've lost your quarterback. You have a, a decent running back. You have. You're going to have a brand new head coach. The guy that controls the entire team. Was there really? New. Was there really a quarterback to lose? Let's be honest. I mean, that's. Well, I agree. Denver's that another team not. that Denver's another system team, or at least they've they've turned into one. I mean, they still managed. They didn't make the playoffs. They still managed an over five hundred record with some dude that nobody knew who he was till like week six. I'm just saying, if I'm Terrell Austin, Elway gets me. Elway gets me Romo at quarterback and lets me build that defense the way I want to build that defense. I'm taking a chance and I'm stepping up to the plate if he offers me the head coaching position because he's been he's he's been interviewed in in the previous two off seasons and he hasn't gone anywhere and it's not like the Lions are a destination place it's not like he's thinking I mean maybe he is I don't know I don't know the man but if he's thinking oh when Caldwell gets the fucking boot I'm gonna take over congratulations you won a big bag of Honolulu blue and silver shit. Because if Caldwell stinks it up to the point where they fire his ass midseason next year, he ain't inheriting a team that's doing anything. They've already proven that they're going to go with Caldwell until he runs the wheels off the fucking car. <laughs> or, or into a wall. <laughs> Whichever comes first. So if I'm Austin, I'm looking for a, a team that has a defense who has the ability to be great. Yes, they might be losing pieces, but we can plug pieces in there. That's what the draft is for. You have... A GM who, one, played the game, two, has proven he can win not only as a player but as a front office executive, and three, if he gets you Romo, that's a, that's a man, that's a better fucking quarterback than a lot of guys who are going to be taken over as a head coach are, is going to have. What about Garoppolo? I think he's got, he's got Jaguars written all over him. <laughs> Somewhere well, like that. Too, but Houston's going to be I'm looking just, for a QB. You think of that I think, too. I think Denver's. I think Denver's not going to be willing to give what the, what the Patriots are going to be asking for Garoppolo. Well, the thing about the Patriots is, if Bill is coming back, like he said, he's not going to be asking for much. No, that's the thing. If if Brady and Belichick weren't coming back, I think they'd hold on for dear life to Garoppolo, 
unless they went to, I mean, completely blow it up and start from scratch. And from every article I've read, we've talked about this before, Belichick does have a transfer of power plan in place. He's told Robert Kraft when he's going to retire. There is a plan set in place. <coughs> Excuse me. So short of Belichick having a health scare or a family crisis that makes him step out of that plan, one thing we all three can agree on, if Belichick makes a plan, he sticks to it. So he says he's not going anywhere. Brady says he's not going anywhere. Then they can fucking afford to dangle Garoppolo out during, you know, leading up to the draft and the day in, in, and during the draft and go, how much are you willing to give me for him? And shop him to the person who's willing to give him the most. And I just, I, I, I don't see, there's way too many, there's way too many grumblings coming from the Browns organization that they don't want them to take a quarterback with their first pick, that they want to build from either a defensive lineman or they want to build from the, from the offensive and defensive lines out, which is another thing, we, thing we've talked about. You know, a lot, of, a lot of great teams said that's how you start building. You build from your offensive, defensive lines out. I mean, McCowan's serviceable when he was the quarterback. They got RG3, don't they? Yeah, but, I mean, when McCowan was the, the main signal caller, they had a decent record. I mean, they weren't making the playoffs, but they had better than fucking last year. And, yeah, an RG3's not sucking up their payroll. That's another guy. That's, that's the Derrick Rose of the NFL right now. The guy who was supposed to be all that and just can't stay healthy. Oh, yeah, good. that's and, a good comparison. And when he performs, it ain't that great. You kind of look at him and like, yeah, I got better performance from your wife, dude. Stop it. The oh. problem with McCown is he's 37 years old. Oh, damn. Okay, and, and he is not. I did not know that. He's starting quarterback in his career. He has always been a backup, which, I mean, you could argue too well then. He doesn't have all the wear and tear of a you know, 15-year career starting quarterback would but still i mean if you keep him as starting quarterback and you and you do build from your offense and defensive lines outwards and that's the way you draft then you're basically you're basically planning on placing low enough in the standings to get a high enough pick to get his replacement next year not this draft coming up the draft afterwards so all the way back to the previous question no Denver has to rebuild. They got some bones. They got great bones, but they, they need to rebuild that. The heart of your offense is gone. Your play caller and knowledgeable coach is gone. Half of your defense is leaving. Yeah, it's time. I mean, the heart of your offense. One, one, it was one season. It was one season. Heart of your offense. It was one season. They were good before Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning just helped get them to the promised land. I mean, it's they just they need they just need a more competent signal. I think the problem with last year is they tried to roll the rookie. Is you should have got at least somebody just to to fill in the gap between who's going to be your next long term solution. Then, uh, I mean, they, they they put up winning record with a rookie, but still, I mean, it's I, I just I think you work on that defense, man. I mean. Demarius Thomas is still a weapon when he's got a good guy thrown to him. I mean, it's Jacob Tam right, that's what I'm saying. had himself a year. Uh, Denver, too, they still need uh, running game. It's still kind of their bugaboo, too. But and I, I think there's some things. I don't think Denver, I don't think you blow it up. I think you build on it. But well, I mean, I, I, either way, whether they blow it up and, and, and do a full from the ground up rebuild or they do a retool. I mean, I just, I don't see Denver being a fucking Super Bowl contender next year. I don't see him being a Super Bowl contender the year after that. 
I mean, not like not like in the same breath as you know the Patriots. Not unless they make the right every moves. Every year they have Bill and they have Bill and Brady. Unless Denver makes the right moves, I agree with that statement. But where they're at right now, they know we will not be in the Super Bowl conversation for a while. You had you had you had wheel and deal there, Denver. Let's go, Elway. Get out the checkbook. Yeah, but we said that last week, though. This season, Detroit Lions could actually be relevant if they spend any kind of money. But they they have to make that move. And I'll give it to you. If they don't make the move this year, yeah, uh, I don't ever really see them being a a big stake in the NFL. Should we make our way-too-early predictions for next season? (laughs) Well, I mean, let's, let's wait till at least the fucking draft. Is, is near before we start talking and we start seeing like more than just, you know. Do we see number six? Ridicu- the ridiculously premature draft boards that people are putting up. I mean, Christ, we, we haven't even we haven't even begun to talk about, you know, March Madness yet. Yeah, I'd so, say that that's creeping up. That'll be in a couple of weeks. That chatter will start. I'm going to have to do something for the first time in, the, in, in my 39 years on this rock sucking wind, which is actually fill out a bracket. I've done the last few years. Yeah. I win some money every now and then. Oh, well, I know that's the only it's, it's the only way to make it interesting for me is we're gonna have to fill out brackets and then, yeah, then then, then we're gonna see then we're gonna see if Mister Iceman's a one sport wonder. Or not. <laughs> okay, all right. I see how you play there. Hey man, he's he's got a point. Well, fucker, I know I know Dick about college basketball. I'm gonna be picking just based. I'm gonna be picking on the what was it we called the girlfriend principle. Okay, so. If the Lions are playing the Tigers, who would win in that fight? I think a Lion would take a Tiger, so I'm going to put the Lions. No, that's, isn't that the Lisa Simpson principle? Wasn't that how Lisa so Simpson? What? Wasn't that how Lisa Simpson was picking oh, winner Simpson, for home, right. winners for Homer at some point in the early Simpsons? And he found out, and she was yeah, yeah, yeah. He found out, and she and he was like, really? Yeah, I'm, no. The girlfriend principle is if you're picking, you go by whose uniforms you like better. Yeah. <laughs> Which colors are? Which color scheme do I like the best? Or who is the best looking guy on the team? I, yeah, See, I have a few. Hey, I have found that, that uh, uh, picking on legacy can work out for you. Because there was one year or something I picked UConn. I picked UConn or Kentucky or something one year, and they were a long shot, and they won. People were like, "Man, what the fuck?" I was like, "I don't know. I just went based on their rep." Like. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. and, and, and my problem with that one, Rich, is my wife actually loves her Kansas teams. So I'm going to be having to pick the Shock and KU and Jayhawks. Yeah, that's KU. Well, anyways, that's still a, that's still a few weeks away here. Um, uh, other In other coaching news, I was kind of shocked by this. Uh, Boston Bruins. Fired their head coach. The good news is you're fired. Yeah. Claude Julian got the axe after 10 seasons and one one Stanley Cup. Is it because they're like one game out of playoff contention right now or something like that? Like, hey, yeah, you, you got to yeah, like, hey, go. They're still in contention. Apparently, the, the rumor mill is there was a, uh, some bad blood between the GM that came in a couple uh, seasons ago and Julian. And it seems that what usually it ends up happening is when a GM comes in and goes, "Okay, we're gonna give, we're gonna let your rep carry you for a few seasons." The the first sign of any cracks in the in the dam, they throw them under the bus. And to me, it seems like this is what happened here. Now, what's interesting is that you got 
uh, you know, this is a hockey news article by uh, Jared Clinton, and he's talking about put, places five potential destinations for him. And this is where it gets interesting. All right, is Detroit first on that list? First one's Vancouver Canucks. I'll, I'll get to it. Now, the Canucks, the interesting thing about them is that they're kind of on the decline. They're not the deepest team in the in the in the in the in the league by any means. But I mean, they got a lot of players and pieces that are young. And I mean, that's something that in in today's NHL is more important than ever before, I think. I think the the, the hockey world cup showed that with the North American team, speed can kill you over a team that is built around a bunch of veteran grinders. So that might be an interesting fit. And then uh, <laughs> uh, one of one of Iceman's old teams, because it's only because of who they had in goal at one point, Dallas Stars. His uh, Lindy Ruff's contracts up at the end of the season. Stars yeah, it was a good team though. No, it was. I can't. I can't shit on it. I mean, dude, they had the best. They had the best scorer. Uh, in the history, you know, American score in the history of the NHL on their team. And and they had Brett Hall. You know, I what knew I mean? that was coming and Brett Hall. I knew it was coming. Mike Madonna and Brett Hall. <laughs> well, no, because they're both American, but I mean Mike Madonna stats speak for themselves. Brett Hall's no slouch, but he's not he's not the highest scoring American born player ever. Right. That team was it was it was just meant to be. They had Zuboff, Letnin. It it was badass team. Oh yeah, they're stacked. But, yeah, Lindy Ruff's contract's gonna be up. Um, and, you know, their goaltending's eh, blue line is you know defense core isn't all that great. You know, eh, I mean, to me, the only reason to go there is if it's a purely just you want a, a name coach to try to draw in talent. That, that's that's my guess at why they would bring him in there. Third pick for this this guy from the hockey news brings up is the islanders which is interesting because the islanders might not even be the islanders in another season who need a stadium exactly yeah and doug wade is their head is their intern head coach right now Ooh. you know speaking of another american-born you know player who was no slouch um and i mean they're they're in contention for a wild card spot you know so uh, did they did they pull the trigger and you know, go okay. We're going to go with a proven Stanley Cup winner, or do they stick with a, a coach who's you know clawing them back into playoff contention? So you know that'll that'll be you know that'd be interesting to see where that works out. Uh, this one I don't get. I don't understand why Florida fired Gerard Gallant. I really don't. Um, they're not that far out of the playoff picture. They're not that great of a team. I mean, Christ, they have Yamir Yager on their team. Wow, that should tell you something. He, yeah, not, exactly. He's, he's not a coach. <laughs> no, he's in fact that man still hits hat tricks. Forty-four exactly. years old. He's still playing at a, at a at a high level. All right, Chelios, knock it off. Oh, dude, it's like far past Chelios, man. I couldn't believe that. And then I sat and watched a game with him in it, and I'm like, oh, good hell! It's like he he doesn't age. It's like a Morgan Freeman type shit. It's like, are you ever gonna grow old? It's like Benjamin Button. Yeah, it's like, yeah, whereas, yeah, kind of. It's like, to me, I don't think of Yager as 44. I think of him as perennially 38 years old. 
Like Morgan Freeman has been the same age for the last twenty years. So is Yamir Yager. He's just been. That's, I'm saying. <laughs> Morgan I, Freeman was old when I was a kid, and he looks the exact same. I, I think, I guess there's a lot of people that could fall into that. Like Sean Connery is one of those people who seems to be the, who has been the same age my entire life. Sam Elliott. Yeah, him as well. Like, dude, have you ever not been old as fuck with a mustache? Exactly. Yeah, and gray hair. Yeah. His hair is the exact same color as it was in Roadhouse, and that was 30 years ago. <laughs> His, he, he started going gray when I started going gray, when he turned 18, man. That's the only way I don't think I can right. What's fucked up is in the movie The Incredible Hulk, he looks younger than he did when he played Roadhouse. Oh, man, look at my life. Huh. It might have been a little Hollywood makeup in Roadhouse because I, th- I think they were, they liked him for his gruff demeanor and voice, but they really wanted an older man. But they just said, "Fuck it, we'll throw some makeup on him. Don't shave for like a week, you'll be but good." With, but with that, Rich, and and when he was in his prime, I guess I don't know if he's still then his prime. He might be Yager, that is. You know, I still like a, a good backstop. You got to have a great goalie. You, you can coach all day. You can score all you want with you know Crosby and them. But if you have a goalie that's a stone wall, I don't care who you got on your team. Well, that's that's the issue with with a lot of these teams that the that uh, uh, this article's naming. I'm not seeing any like slam dunks, especially Florida. Okay, Florida fired Gallant under some really strange circumstances. I mean, they were on the road and basically fired him, and he still in in like he had to take a taxi and shit and find his own luggage, and it was crazy. It was <laughs> it was not like something you would expect for a head coach from one of the big four sports when he gets fired. So, I mean, if that is that is now in everybody who is looking at that position to be a head coach for the Panthers, they have to look at that. I mean, you know, if, if, if they'll fire their head coach like that, what kind of job security do they really have once they get down there? Especially as, you know, as it says in the article flat out, you know, you can't count on job security if there's any stumbles down the line. Well, of course you're going to have stumbles when you take over a team. You've been with a, you've been with another franchise for ten years. You've basically had it the way you wanted it up to the last few years when they, when the Bruins brought in a new GM. So it's going to make it hard for a coach to come in, unless he's just given carte blanche over the entire team. And I think those days are pretty much done. I honestly do. Now the last one is, uh, last one. I'm just going to go ahead and, and quote the article verbatim here. It's the Golden Knights. It's Vegas's team that'll be the expansion team this next year. All right. So George McPhee is their GM. He wants someone with experience and can immediately command respect. Well, I mean, Julian fits that bill to a T. And here's where I'm going to quote the article. Under pros, it says, one of Julian's comments shortly before he left the Bruins was that the team didn't have enough talent to play poorly. Think about that. That's your head Ouch. coach saying, yes, exactly. Think about that. Dude. So, so that's, a, that's a LeBron James move right there. <laughs> But that was that, that was not directed. But hold on a sec. That was not it. And he, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with the quote for the pros. Why uh, Julian should go to the, the Golden Knights. We won't go so far as to call that a shot at Boston GM Don Sweeney, but it was certainly a sign that Julian wasn't all that excited about the level of game breaking skill the club had. If he goes to Vegas, he's going to have at least a partial hand in helping build the team. He's not taking over a failing roster, but instead stepping into the unknown. Plus, the expansion draft format promises to give him to give Vegas a chance at being competitive as early as next season. So that kind of speaks to what I was saying, to where 
as a head coach who's proven himself to be a Stanley Cup winner, the new GM comes in and says, I don't give a shit. We're going to do it this way. And he starts building the team the way he wants it built. And he sees a team that had a ton of talent. Now you have aging talent. I mean, Zed Nochara is not getting any younger. You know, yeah, he's a fucking specimen out there, like six foot seven, six foot eight, whatever he is on the blue line. But I mean, Christ, dude, he was drafted by the Islanders back in '98. I guess I need some context here. Is is are the is that going to be a team that's moving to Vegas, or, or are they just setting up shop? No, it's an expan- a flat out expansion team. They're going to have an expansion draft and everything. Okay. Okay. Now, under the cons, it says a chance of being competitive isn't quite the same as actually being competitive. There are certain there, th- there are certain to be growing pains in Vegas. While the Bruins may not have had the best depth around, the Golden Knights are going to be hard up to have any standout skill players. There won't be a Brad Marchant. There's not going to be a reliable two-way player like Patrice Bergeron. And good luck finding the goaltender like Tuka Rask in the expansion draft. If Julian wants a roster that can challenge for the playoffs, it's going to take a few seasons in Vegas to make that a reality. Well, here's the interesting thing. Think about the think about. You can only protect certain players and a certain amount of players in the expansion draft. Right now, the Red Wings are setting on three goalies. Jimmy Howard, who's the most expendable, arguably. And I believe he's like 32, 33. So he's getting a little long in the two. But that's not a bad starting point to get one of your two goalies for for a team to start off at. Well, the other thing I, I, I lean to think of when I think of Las Vegas is there are a lot of people that were unknown at one point, everybody's unknown at one point, Steve Eiserman, everybody. So if you have an experienced coach like him that can recognize that there is that talent, all he needs is the right line. And they give him the carte blanche to actually control the roster enough to bring talent. Yeah. He thinks in, cause think about it. Who was the, out of, out of the expansion teams in the early nineties, the team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals the quickest. Granted, they didn't win, but they went against a stacked fucking Colorado team in 96 was the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers had Van yep. Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook, who was, who's not a world-class goalie as far as the history of the NHL, but he was a name goalie. So if you take someone like Jimmy Howard, stick him with a coach, get guys who are willing to go in there and grind it out, and I'll listen to a coach who goes, look, I, I have the fucking the hardware. I got the cup win in my back pocket. I'm a proven commodity. Listen to me. And they buy into a system. Do a Belichick thing in the NHL? Kind of, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, no, I, I, I would totally buy into Why would I not listen to somebody who has a cup win? Especially in today's era of, of way of playing. Yeah, because if you look at the last 10 years, if you look at the last 10 years, okay, Penguins have won it twice. Chicago's won it twice. Boston. Right. So, oh, no, no. He came from Julian. Julian got fired from Boston. But what I'm saying is that's almost half the, you know, the cup wins right there in the last 10 years. If you add Julian in, that is half the cup wins in the last 10 years. That's half a decade. Okay. Then you add in right there, you got to add in Babcock who's no longer with the Red Wings, and he's now trying to rebuild Toronto, all right, and a few other coaches here and there. You're not going to get you're not gonna get anybody from Chicago and anybody from the fucking Penguins to come out there and coach a brand-new upstart team in Vegas. And you definitely ain't getting – Babcock ain't going nowhere. Toronto is where he supposedly wanted to be from the get-go. That's like the mecca of hockey to him. You know, as far as he's concerned, you know, he's, he's home. That's it. Yeah, this is it. This is it for him till retirement. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know. So did Scotty Bowman have that that type of control? Yeah. Yes, I would say I would say yes, especially once you look at post two thousand two Red Wings and you see Ken Holland trying to build those teams without Scotty Bowman, and and then you look at what Bowman did when he went to Chicago when his son went into the organization. And what Chicago's done since then. I just think that Bowman Bowman was such a legendary coach. I mean, he's up there whether whether people want to include hockey in the, the big four sports or not, he's up there as one of the best coaches of any sport ever. He's in the discussion. Yeah, and he seems to know what it takes to win. It just if you just basically what you just said, Rich, if you look at the guy's track record, look what he did here, look what he did in Chicago after he left here. Kinda hard to argue against yeah. the man. You know, and you got to think, Bowman, Bowman came in to a situation where he had Iserman scoring 130, 140, 150 point seasons. And he told Iserman, okay, that's not working. That's nice. And that's not, it, it, it's good for your stats. But you're going to have to become the best two way fucking forward in the NHL for us to win. And, and a he, leader of a whole team. And he basically told Iserman in no uncertain terms if you don't buy into me and to my system, we will find another place for you. And at one point, he was going to go to Ottawa. They had the trade lined up. It was basically Bowman sat down and said, here's the deal. Do you want to go to Ottawa, or are you going to do what I tell you to do? And Eiserman went, what do we got to do to win? Let's do it. Right. So with that mentality, and I mean, with those examples, Rich, then you'd be stupid not to get that kind of coach in, in Las Vegas and give him that type of power. Exactly, because Vegas is something, because the NFL shit is so convoluted with Vegas right now that there's no guarantee they're going to have a team next season, let alone the season after that. This is a guaranteed team with a, with a guaranteed you know, shed to play in. They're going to be the only game in town as far as professional sports. Right. I was watching that uh, 30 for 30 on the XFL. People were heartbroken in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. And it, it's not just that it was the XFL. It was there is a team with my city's logo on it. Exactly. Because they're so sports star. I mean, they, you know, the, the, the unwritten rule, I guess you could call it that, has been to keep professional sports out of Vegas because you don't want the risk of gambling to affect the team. You know, which is one of the arguments I've always made. I said if there's going to be any of the big four to go into Vegas first, it's going to be most likely hockey second baseball because basketball you know how many point shaving scandals have we heard of and football forget about it there's so much betting on football it's ridiculous you know i mean they're gonna have they i just didn't think it would you know didn't think it was gonna happen all at once i mean you know they got the they got the golden knights coming in they might have the raiders who the fuck knows well the raiders investors pulled out so i the the move for oakland is very very sketchy that's what i'm saying everything's still up in the air it's it's a bunch of bullshit no one can really say for sure this is a sure thing if julian goes in there takes over has a halfway decent first season that that city will fall in love with that team and if they make the playoffs in their second season forget about it exactly exactly and that's that's their chance to dig their claws into that city 
before the NFL gets in there. As far as I know, baseball and basketball isn't even looking to go to Vegas. So the only competition they have is football. And honestly, once football gets there, it's game over because no matter, they can call baseball America's pastime. We are a football country. That's just all there is to it. But yeah, the numbers don't lie. I mean, you look at the numbers of the Super Bowl compared to the World Series numbers. I mean, well, minus this year because it was the Cubs. Yeah, well, this year, this year, in extenuating circumstance. You yeah, know. this year it, it's it's the exception that proves the rule. It has to be a historic occasion to get as many viewers as they had. It just has to be the Super Bowl. That's it. It just has to be the Super Bowl. It's like that Marshawn Lynch shit I sent uh, the Skittle spot I sent you, or the little. Uh, you know, little mini film they made of him going to uh, Scotland. People over there who probably couldn't even tell you what a fair catch is know what the fucking Super Bowl is. No, you know, can tell you when it is. It's Super Bowl Sunday, you know. Yeah, and and on that, what the hell was up with the commercials, man? There was like one or two that were like, aha, that's funny. The rest were like a shot at Trump, I think. It was terrible. It's, uh, dude. It, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm looking around because I thought we were talking about hockey for a second. Well, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I just you, you mentioned the commercial with Marshawn Lynch, and I was thinking about those commercials, and that's part of the biggest draw. Of, you know, until like the halftime show performance, you don't want to leave because fuck the game. You, there's so many commercials that make you laugh. And this year was just like what the fuck is, man. Maybe okay. I mean, well, whatever. We pretty much we pretty much covered the the NHL shit. And unless Chris, you got anything to add? I think we've all had our say about it. No, I'm good. All right. Um, so I'm just gonna say this right. I'm pretty much useless in this commercial conversation because maybe it's because I'm getting old and cynical. I don't think there's been many good Super Bowl commercials in the in the last five years. You you could even stretch it back another. You know, ten if you want. Well, it's because they put them out all. They put them out instead of having to wait for Sunday now. It's, it comes to they put them out like I think the week before, and they put just put them out online. So I I think that's what's happening there. It's, it's like with everything else in this country, it's shifting to online. Doritos didn't even make a Super Bowl commercial this year. Yeah, was, we we're all wearing Doritos. 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 Can you feel the like twistity? Yeah, I know, right. I'm just saying it's part of the it's part it's become part of the the stick that is the Super Bowl and they just ultimately failed this this year. Well, too, we're also in this climate of Bill Maher talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Even buying a chicken sandwich now, you you can inject politics into it. So it's just eh. I I really didn't even when the commercials were on. It was when I was getting another beer or it was time to do a shot or okay. getting another I'm just saying, pork and slider. Have to back me up on this one when. If you haven't seen it, you got to find it. It's for Bay Water or Bay Water, B A I Water. Oh, by it was Justin Timberlake. I think I saw that one. Yes, yes, but it was Christopher Walken singing the the lyrics of NSYNC. I was dying. I'm like, that's just too much. I can't. I can't even right now. Oh, you and all the 13 year old girls of the country just couldn't even during that commercial. No, 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 no. It was more Christopher Walken singing NSYNC. I. But he was saying it. He wasn't singing it. He was saying it as. And he was know, sitting next to Justin Timberlake while and doing it. And then pans over at Justin Timberlake. I was cracking up. I don't want to make it tough. I, I just want to tell you that. There you go, Earl. I've had enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. 
Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, Christopher Walken did not do that. Bye, 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 bye. Yes, he did. Right next to Justin Timberlake. Well, I will admit, the guy at least has a sense of humor about himself. Yeah. Something like that proves it. Who walked Timberlake? Yes, both. But mostly Timberlake. Yeah, there. I, I knew that. I knew the first time I saw Justin Timberlake was going to host Saturday Night Live. I, I actually uh, called a buddy of mine and was like, "Dude, are you going to watch this?" And he's like, "Man, I don't want to watch that pubic head motherfucker." I'm like, dude, I'm going to tell you what. It's either going to be a train wreck or it's going to be hilarious. And it was fucking hilarious because the first get out of the box was him goofing on Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher and Punk. And that just killed it. And then I think the next skit was the come on down to Omelette Town or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then the third one, I want to say, was his uh, uh, the Barry Gibb, the Gibb Brothers one. So, Oh, the Barry Gibb talk show? Yeah. I mean, that was just like, you know, he was three for three, and he crushed them all, you know. So I will admit, he is entertaining. He definitely, he definitely, he's, he, he was one of those guys like Channing Tatum. You know, when I first saw Channing Tatum and shit, I was like, man, fuck this pretty boy, wigger, wannabe motherfucker. Fuck Be- him. Beefcake motherfucker. But then, like, I saw him in 21 Jump Street, and this is the end. And I'm like, oh, he's self-aware enough to be able to laugh at himself in his own image. Mm-hmm. And that made me like him. And as far as, you know... That's kind of what being able- Cena's got going on, if you've ever seen John Cena do anything. Like, especially if you've seen him in Trainwreck. Like, yeah, against my... Uh, yes, because against my better judgment, he, him and The Rock, yeah, I, I'm like, ugh, I kind of like him. Yeah. Like, I still can't watch wrestling, but I like him outside of wrestling. Yeah. You know, but Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, it, dude, ever since... Come on. Come on, man. Are we, are we just going to sit here and say Christopher Walken takes himself seriously after he was in Joe Dirt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> basically doing a Christopher Walken. Yeah, basically doing a... He hasn't done anything but a Christopher Walken impersonation. For the last 20, 25 years? Since, yeah, since The Dead Zone. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> The Dead Zone was his last serious movie. Since then, he's just been doing an impersonation of himself. <laughs> but... <laughs> but no, man. Look. Commercials this year in the last five years, whatever. I'm just like, whatever. I don't. I, one, I, I don't give a fuck about commercials. Two, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Earl. I'm really tired of everything having to be politicized. Like everything, everything has to have a message. Everything has to fucking has to rub somebody's face in something. And it's just like, dude. We get it, okay? You got an opinion. But, it, you know, sometimes, you, much like your dick, sometimes you need to keep your opinion to yourself. Don't come waving yeah. it in my face. I just want to buy a beer. I don't want to make a political choice here. Yeah, the, the, a lot of people lost it over America the Beautiful being sang in different languages. By the way, that is that's a commercial from two years ago. That's not a yeah. new commercial. Yeah, so I remember hearing where, where was the outrage of it from two years ago? It wasn't part of the storyline two years ago. You know, and I, the, one that, the one that made me seriously sprain my eyeballs was the, I think it was Audi with the, with the, with the racing soapbox racers or whatever. Fail. And, and they're, you know, it's George Clooney going, so am I going to tell my daughter that her grandfather is worth more than her grandmother, that a man's worth more than her? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, 
as a father to a 20-year-old woman, I've never had those thoughts. And if you've had those thoughts, you're a shitty fucking father. That's on you. I'm just like, what kind of asshole father would be like that? You know, oh, oh my God, do I tell her that, you know, she's not as worth as much as a man? Why does that even cross your mind? Does he even have a daughter? I think he's got one now. I think he finally fucking gave, well, he gave in, got married, so I'm pretty sure she's probably dropped out his crotch dropping because she's going to need a paycheck once he leaves her ass. You know, catches so, him banging the maid. Hey, that seems to be the go-to. The go-to side piece for a bunch of guys in Hollywood. Yeah, Schwarzenegger, Jude Law. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It, 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 the whole thing, I was just like, whatever. Back to the game. That's all I really cared about. So hold on a sec, guys. Hey, uh, as far as if I'm the ice man for one sport, we get to pick who wins the races. Uh, you, you can pick <laughs> who wins the races. Yeah. Uh, you might as well. I might as well put a dartboard down here and throw darts at him. Because that's pretty much what'd be happening. Uh, that guy, sure. <laughs> Chris doesn't even know half of the drivers' names. Three quarters of them. Fuck no. I don't know a third of the drivers' names. I don't know a quarter, a fifth of the drivers' names. Tony Stewart still race? Is he still a thing? Smoke? Yeah, he's still a thing. Jeff Gordon I guess you guys retired. Didn't talk about how he ran over a guy and killed him and got away with it. He didn't talk about that. Were we even on when it happened? Probably not. That was like a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, dude, you got to remember, we started in what, uh, May or June of last year? May? Yeah. Yeah, Tony Stewart, Smoke, just ran a motherfucker over, killed him. It's okay. It happens. No, no, it doesn't. Hey, if you're white and you got money, that's how it works out for you. All right? That's Vince Neal. Yeah, I was about dude, to say, him and Vince Neal. <laughs> and uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. And Great White. <laughs> no, Great White didn't run anybody over. They just burned him up. Yeah, they just... <laughs> They just thinned the herd a little bit in that part of New England. Yeah, they treated their fans like Anne Frank. Like Jewish shit. <laughs> Damn. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, who else killed somebody in it? Uh, oh, Teddy Kennedy. Yeah. You know, if, if, if Teddy Kennedy would have had a car that floated, he'd have been president. But he didn't. It sunk. So OJ for a decade. Mm -hmm. So are we checking our white privilege? Is that what that is? <laughs> no. Are you saying OJ's had more white privilege than us? He has. Oh, for, are you kidding me? For a, dec yeah. for a decade, he did. <laughs> Till he just couldn't keep his hands out of felonious shit. But all right, so we're not talking about sports anymore. Does that mean we're done? Or do we got Do we got any other thing else? Something else we want to address? Well, I was going to bring up uh, since we're what, give or take a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, so why so not that blockbuster move, Tigers? Any any time, whenever you're ready. Yeah, I know, right? I, I Talk to your how, boss, Chris. <laughs> I loved how Alex Avila, you know, uh, announced before the, the, you know, right after the season was done last year that their payroll will not be $200 million this year. It's $200 million this year. So, yeah, that's interesting. Anyways, ESPN put out a uh, an article that I thought would, was interesting. Uh, not the top-tier teams and not the bottom-tier teams, they call it the uh, contenders or pretenders, MLB's middling mid-tier teams. And they listed uh, the Oakland A's, Baltimore Orioles, Texas Rangers, the Tigers, New York Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, the Mets, the Pirates, the Marlins, and the Angels. 
Ah, how many of those teams five years ago that they've been mentioned in the top? A good, good Texas, the Angels, Detroit, New York. Yeah. Tampa. You can make an argument for Tampa. Tampa was when they had yeah. Joe Madden. They were they were making a strong run at uh, at, you know, staking their claim down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just wanting to get you guys' uh, feelings out of out of all those teams. Which ones do you think has any chance of entering the top tier this this season? Uh, let's. Uh, did you say Houston? No. Okay. Nope. I give them to you. I give them to you once more. You got the Angels, the Marlins, Pirates, Mets, Rays, Yankees, Tigers, Rangers. Orioles and the Athletics. I'm going to say the Tigers and the Yankees just because of their owners. Mike Illich has never been one to be shy about spending money, and and that's the same thing for Steinbrenner and and the Yankees. Well, I mean the Steinbrenner, it's the Steinbrenner family, and it's pretty much the Illich family running the Tigers at this point. I'm sure if Illich want, if he wanted to make a uh, a blockbuster signing like he did with um, uh, uh, Prince Fielder. He would go above his GM's head and do it, but I don't think there's any type of signing like that to, to you know, last minute. Holy shit, we're going to drop this much money on a on a guy to bring in this year. Um, I mean, uh, th- th- here's the thing: if you look at the Tigers, I mean, they got they got they got every they got declining players, but they're still named players. I mean, you know, they got Kinsler, Cabrera, Vmart, Verlander, you know, Francisco Rodriguez. Yeah, they're all in their 30s, but, I mean, these are guys that can shake off a bad season and come back. Look at Verlander. A couple seasons ago, people were 100% sure Verlander was done. Yeah. You know, and he came back strong last season. Kinsler's been nothing but steady. We got, we obvious, I mean, you know, Prince Fielder's career is over with due to injury, but even before that, we clearly were the winners in that trade you know so if he just plays what he's as well as he's been since the trade that's just that's a solid second baseman yeah but with those two teams rich i can't see them not being in the top tier uh steinbrenner just that family's not that city is not going to allow yankees to not be a top tier team to not be competitive i know but people i think still have it in their head that the Yankees are the Yankees. Yankees really aren't the Yankees anymore. No, the Yankees are kind of in a uh, holding pattern. Like, I don't know, it seems to say Rod and Jeter went down. It just seems like kind of like, uh, it's it's not the typical Yankee product. Except for, you know what's ironic is, except for the NHL, most of the sports... The, the big name stars, the people that you can point to and go, that's huge, are, are pretty much done. You know, the basketball, basketball obviously the NBA has a lot of, of young talent, but the NHL and and the NBA is, is probably where it's going to switch to for a while. Because NFL and the Major League Baseball, all the big names where you can be like, you get these two guys and you're in the playoffs. That, that time has passed for right now. There isn't really a, you know, Rich, you were talking about a blockbuster trade. Maybe they haven't made one yet because there isn't one to be made. Well, what I'm getting at is, okay, look, here's the Yankees infield as of right now. All right. The, the one, I guess, standout as far as name player 
who's who's done it for more than a season or two is Chase Headley, and he's 32. Everyone else, everyone else in the infield except for Starlin Castro and Gregorius is under 20, is 25 and under. And those in Castro and Gregorius are 26. I mean, you look at their outfield: Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, Matt Holliday, Aaron Judge, Mason Williams. Does that sound like a, a typical Yankees outfield with the Yankees we've known? Not since, even close. You no. know, mid 90s. I mean, their 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 biggest signing was was Chapman in the off season. Obviously, he's going to be their closer. But I mean, they st- they they still have Sabathia on their fucking you know on, on in, in their pitching rotation. Yikes! Yeah, you know. And he's and he's not there. He, you can't say he's their number one pitcher. I mean, it's just it's it's not the Yankees aren't the Yankees we knew. You know, whereas I think the Tigers just going just by purely the, the name test. Very much I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, you and he's an up and coming catcher. All right, you got Cabrera. Yeah, he's on the downside, but he's still a, he's still he's going to hit you three hundred or close to it. He's going to drive in runs if we can get someone on base, if we can stop, you know, grounding them in double plays. You know, Jose Iglesias is a wizard in the field with his glove, but, I mean, you know, kind of a weak bat. We already talked about Kinsler. You know, the, the problem is you get in the outfield, you got, what, Tyler Collins, Justin Upton, and that's it. Your designated hitter is Victor Martinez. God knows what you're going to get from him. Fulmer was rookie of the year. Yeah, Verlander. Verlander does what he did last year. He'll be fine. Zimmerman. Zimmerman, you know, he's only 30, but he needs to get back to the Zimmerman he was before we got him here. I mean, he didn't have a bad season, but wasn't the Zimmerman that was in the Nat, you know, in Washington playing for the Nationals. I mean, out of those two teams, I'd pick the Tigers to do arguably a little bit more, also because they really don't have anyone fucking with them in their division besides Cleveland. Yankees still have Boston to contend with. They got the Orioles to contend with. You know, they got the Blue Jays in their division. Yeah, but like I said, maybe there's not a blockbuster trade yet because there isn't one to be made. Not a lot of free agents are blockbuster tradable type thing. I mean, look at the Chicago Cubs, bro. There, there's not a huge talent on the Cubs, and they won the series. Yeah, but that's. I think that has more to do with the process that uh, Epstein put into into motion, which is the same thing he did in Boston. I mean, he came in, basically cleaned house, and rebuilt that team in the image he wanted them. And it took him a few years to get there, you know. And yeah, it's it's young guys. It's not, you know, superstar players. But that's the whole point of Moneyball. Moneyball is to get the most value for your buck, not bang for your buck, you know, and that's what Epstein's, you know, Theo Epstein's known for. So, I mean, <laughs> I understand a $200 million payroll, you know, it's like, whew, God, that's spending a lot of money. But are those days, you know, slowly slipping away? Because what have, what have honestly, the Tigers won since they ballooned their payroll up to over $175 million in the last decade? Jack shit. They've been to the series twice. Four years they were they uh, uh, made the playoffs in a row. But they haven't won anything. Yankees won in two thousand nine, but I mean you can almost argue that that was more of a, a, a you know last gasp of a, of a team who you know in the next few years you lost Jeter, you lost Rivera. I mean it's you know it's I think payroll kind of blinds people is what I'm saying. I mean I. I out of those two, I would say the Tigers got a better chance of crawling up into the to the, the you know the low end of the top tier of the teams in MLB. If if I'm Detroit, I'm focusing more on the clubhouse. I'm I'm looking for coaching. 
hitting coaches, pitching coaches, head coaches, that's where I, I, I'm going to be looking. Because if I look at the last two World Series, there isn't a name that's huge that's like, that's why they won. That's, you guarantee you, if they didn't have that person, they wouldn't have won. It was a collective win. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, great players. A lot of them are great players. But it took them all to win. You know, Eric Hosmer is a great player, but he didn't win it by himself. You know what I'm saying? And like I already said with Chicago, there's not a huge name on Chicago at all. It was all done, like you said, Rich, with the general manager and the coaching. But they had, they also had lights out pitching in their starting rotation. And that's something that, that I, is a question mark for the Tigers. Well, because I understand you have, you have you have you have Verlander, who you never know what you're going to get anymore, season to season. Zimmerman, who you just hope he's solid, and Fulmer, who could be a one year wonder. I mean, how right, many times in Detroit have we seen Detroit, especially, have we seen a pitcher come out win you know Rookie of the Year, Mark Fidrich, and then do absolutely nothing afterwards? Right, and and with places like Chicago, you, you got Jake Arrieta, who is lights out, but nobody knew who he was before that. Well, so. I mean, if if I'm if I'm people like Illich and Steinbrenner, I'm focusing on clubhouse because that's apparently where these titles are being won. I, I I know that, and and you're right. The Tigers love name recognition. They love to get the big names there. They feel like that's gonna you know fill the seats. But when it doesn't work out and we don't win the games and we don't get the title, you know. Now you spend all this money for this huge contract that's gonna last for three four years or whatever. And nobody wants to come see them because they know they're going to be let down. So if you're serious about winning a title, start at the clubhouse. If you want to fill seats, get a name recognition guy. All right. Well, uh, to answer your your question a long time ago, Rich, uh, the Texas, I think, is who I'd see. I don't really think of them as a middling team, really. I mean, I, I, I had the article in front of me, and I was like, eh, really? And then you go back and look at last year's standings, like, still, really? Like, uh, uh, Texas, I'd see busting out of that bunch. Maybe the Mets, I don't know. They, they kind of just kind of do their thing because they're the Mets. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I could see Bartolo Colon for the win. Texas busting out of that bunch, saying, middling team, fuck you. I mean, Texas, well, Texas has been to the playoffs a lot in the last decade. I mean, Texas also has Cole Hamels and you Darvish up at the, you know, as mm-hmm. a one-two punch beginning of the rotation. That's nothing to fucking sneeze at. Uh, it's another reason for me to say that as well. I mean, I think the I think I think the the stars have to align for Detroit to actually make some noise this season. I think the Yankees are as much in a rebuild as they'll admit because they're the Yankees and they've they've now had two solid decades of ego telling them that we don't re they're kind of like the red wings we don't rebuild we retool you know well no every team rebuilds at some point you know you can call it a soft or soft rebuild a soft reboot a retool pretty it up any way you want but i mean you know the yankees farm system isn't what it used to be two decades of trading away your farm system at the trade deadline to bring in big name players they'll do that to you and it's the same thing with the Tigers. There's no help coming up through that fucking minor minor league system. You know, there's there's no there's no cavalry on the way. So I speaking mean, I, of, I take it back. Max Scherzer, holy shit! What about him? If you want to talk about light, lights out pitching, that cat has it. Yeah, Scherzer did the intelligent thing. Scherzer, Scherzer had 
in his season before his contract was up, he had a lights-out season in Detroit. He didn't take the money from Detroit. He took the money from a National League team. He went to the National League where you, instead of facing nine major league-ready batters, you face eight plus a pitcher. And pitchers fare, historically, this is just the truth, pitchers fare better in the National League against National League lineups than they do in the American League for whatever reason. And so it just made him look like a genius. I mean, he did the, he did exactly the right thing for him. He got his family paid, and plus he's basically installed himself in, an, in a city who's going to love him because he's, oh my God, he's our savior. You know, they got Strasburg, and, you know, it's like, who? We got Scherzer pitching tonight. Yeah, you, I think you said it best. He bet on himself and won. I mean, one of the—I think one of the interesting stories coming out of the list of these teams that is kind of getting overlooked is the Angels. Now, I'm not a big one for metrics. I'm still clinging. You know, what 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 is it that was said by Obama during I think 2008, 2012? Desperately clinging to my guns and my Bibles, except for I'm clinging on to my old RBIs and 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 batting average instead of you know war and OBP. whatever the fuck. Yeah, well, whatever the fuck, but uh, hey, apparently I'm part of the old guard that needs to die off because most of the top guys who do, you know, baseball predictions based on stats and shit have bought completely into this money ball way of thinking, completely into the sabermetrics way of thinking, and purely going by that, Mike Trout, he's 20, first of all, Mike Trout's 24 years old. We've been hearing about Mike Trout forever, and he's only 24 years old. Think about that. And his wins over replacement players is a 48.5. He's at his age, it goes for all time, Trout, Ty Cobb, Mickey Mantle. I just top three. Yeah, I just saw that. That's so, nothing. I mean, that's just insane. And then you look at you look at the you know, players that have been added by their GM. You got Cameron Mabin. No one is, you know, not you know, a, a solid outfielder. He's added veteran, you know, players to the team. You still have Poolhouse who's yes, He's obviously not the pool host of St. Louis days. Pool holes. But if, but if he just has a decent season, I mean, he could short. He could shore up. You know the the you know the DH spot. He could or you know he just 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 hey look man just hit three hundred and knock in eighty and give us twenty home runs. I think the problem with the Angels is can you tell me anyone who's on their pitching staff? I can't. Exactly. There we go. I think that's not the, even. That it's a. I mean, I'm, I had to read the article because, and they they have Houston Street, and I'm thinking Houston Street. Houston Street's the guy that gave up the home run to Maglio Ordonez in 2006. That's their bullpen go-to guy. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker's got to be close to Chris your age. I know, right? That's not old for you know us. But that's old as, for that's old for sports. Yeah, I mean that's a. It, it, it's a whole lot of question marks for a team who, for a while there, were always in it. And you know, the beginning, the beginning of the, the the article, when they bring up the Angels, they bring up a good point. Are they pissing away the best years of Mike Trout's career? Are they going to end up looking back like we do it with Miggy and going, "Fuck, man, we never won it when he was in his prime." You know, is it going to be that type of situation? Is it going to be a Megatron type situation like this season was? Like, why the fuck couldn't we play like this when Megatron was on the team? A Sammy Sosa kind of thing? Yeah. Well, Sosa's far removed from fucking I guess Cub days, but... Did you see the 30 for 30 called Catching Hell? Yeah, about Steve Bartman, yeah. Yeah. Do you think... My, my wife, Tina, she goes, 
oh, that is horrible what they did to that man. And then she's like, well, they won this the championship. They, do you think they forgave him yet? <laughs> I'm like, no. If Bartman ever shows up anywhere near Wrigley Stadium, he's going to get lynched. He don't live in Chicago anymore. This is Phoenix. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I can tell you this right now. After 2004, a whole lot of Red or Red Wings, Red Sox fans forgave uh, uh, Buckner. Yeah, yep, saw that. Hey, you Bill, know. good news. You can come back to Boston. Yeah you, yeah, you can actually show your face in a Boston bar without being worried about getting a broken beer bottle shoved in it. Well, needless, needless to say, I just, yeah, I just wanted to run down because I, I think it's interesting that the team's so many teams, when I look at this this middle of the of the list according to ESPN and their projections, I'm just like, wow, man, these were like these were not also rands, these were not one year wonders. Yeah, you know, these were teams that were built to last a while. Like, I think it's a bad call on Texas personally. The more I read and look at things, like, wow, really, Texas middle? All right. Now, now that we've said, now that we've said all that, I mean, out of those teams. <laughs> Who you think is just going to fucking tank and fall into the bottom? Oh, I would hate to say it because they're the home team. You think it's the Tigers? I don't see. I mean, we had to struggle to maybe get the wild card last year. Like, we, we had to struggle to, to finish seven games out, seven or eight games out. Like, I don't see it. I don't see the ship. When a ship's sinking, it doesn't start coming back up. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they've made zero moves. I mean, I think we're watching like a really slow, you know, we're watching the Titanic, you know, if it was like a pinhole and the ship never docked. Like, I just, like that's what we're watching. It's just slowly and slowly. And then all of a sudden, Cabrera's career is going to be over. Osmus is going to be on like his fifth year. And we're going to look around going, what the fuck's going on? I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't see the Tiger season going to so hot. See, my pick would be the Pirates. Yeah, they still have McCutcheon, but ask Robinson Cano about how one player makes a team. You know, uh, the Athletics for me is going to tank. Think the A's are going to take a shit? Yeah, I, I don't think they know they know how to play money ball anymore. Should they better? They had Brad Pitt play their GM in a fucking in the movie about it. <laughs> Made me believe Moneyball for two hours. <laughs> and then you think about Again. like yeah but how many titles have they won zero okay but again cubs moneyball right there Dude, that's epstein i really you think can say that but there isn't a blockbuster player on the cubs not one yeah but epstein epstein was a, is a disciple of the bill james line of thinking which you know the saber metrics etc etc i mean he is he is a student of that i mean you could that's i you can't even say you could make that argument. That's just a fact. I think he'll tell you that himself. But I just, I, here's the thing. I can't tell you who the fuck, I can't tell you who the fuck's on the Oakland Athletics, but I can tell you their GM's name. That's a problem. <laughs> to me, that's a problem. Yeah, he's right. You know, uh, I mean, it, to not even have that one guy, I mean, Jesus Christ, even the Mariners have Robinson Cano. You know, like I said, Pittsburgh has McCutcheon. So, I mean, it, it's just, you know. I, to me, I think they're at the the bottom end of the middling teams. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I I don't see them making any move that's going to elevate their play. Well, speaking of pissing away a fucking career, early part of a career, you know, you got Giancarlo Stanton sitting there in Miami. You got Mattingly 
as their head coach. And you got what happened at the at, near the end of last season with uh, uh, Rodriguez. Is that? I mean, is that going to be enough to light a fire under their ass to come out with a little bit of fucking hunger? Kind of like you know, do it for the Gipper type thing. Don't know. Don't follow Miami that much. I'll be I'll be a lot more into baseball this year. Fa- fancy seasons is fancy seasons coming soon. Fancy baseball is an endurance match. I'll tell you that one. Yeah, no shit. Right, you've almost got me halfway convinced to go ahead and fucking try it this year, just so I can. Well, it's just it's just like hockey or basketball. It's you have to draft the right way, and it's just remembering to set your lineup every day. It's just seeing it, it, it ain't even about half the time. Stats don't even come. Stats only come into play when you're making your moves when you're. Uh, roster moves but as far as just it's just seeing who's playing every day and making sure they're in the lineup because not everybody plays every day and it's oh i have a fantasy baseball title in my holster and it was against my friend so it does count (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) gotta get that out there oh shit all right well i've I've shot my baseball load for the for the as much as I can. I can't really talk much more baseball until we actually start seeing at least exhibition games get played. Well, pitchers, and, there's a, pitchers and catchers report what next week? I want to say so, yeah. Because it's usually Valentine's Day. You usually start seeing pitchers and catchers reporting somewhere. So got Just that going for us. Weeks. Go fast, turn left. All right. Well, it uh, definitely uh, it's another man. We filled the time with what that. F- football and uh, baseball, pretty much. So, or no, hockey, too. Got some so, hockey. Fans of NBA. Your time's coming, all right? <laughs> Your time, the, the Super Bowl is this week. Uh, and we got, we got a ways to go till baseball starts actually playing games that matter. So you, you'll get your time, NBA. I'm sure Le- LeBron will fire off his mouth at some point here in the next few days. So Again. Be, Again, yeah, that'll be fun. Into the playoffs are starting up. Uh, are the Pistons viable this year? Let's check the standings real quick. Uh, I don't believe so. They're in a they're in a division with Cleveland, so maybe not. I believe we were talking about LeBron being seven games up. Oh, 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 well, Pistons would if the playoffs started today. Would be in that eighth playoff spot. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the Pistons are in the best position of the four major teams here in Detroit to win a championship. But if the cards fall right, I think they can make the deepest playoff run out of any of the four teams right now. Yeah, uh, I understand your point, and all I'm going to say is what we said. I've said since the season ended. If the Lions make the moves, they could have a championship. Change another guard. Everybody's retiring. You got Tom. But other than that, I mean, oh, that's true. That's true. It's now or never. Rich, it really, really is. It, the reset was hit on his Lions boner. Now that the season's over, so we have that to look forward to too. All right. Well, what was what? What was the the? I'm trying to think of the one stat that stuck out at me against Stafford. Ah, yeah, here it is. Against teams with a winning record. In his career, Stafford is five and forty-six. Ooh, that don't Ouch. get too far in the playoffs, man. Oh, damn! That is a damning statistic, sir. Yeah, but with his defense, yeah, yeah but um, yeah, but uh, come on, well, dig deep, man. Dig I'm talking deep. about playoffs. Uh, I'm not talking about getting to the playoffs. I'm talking about getting making it past the first playoff game or first round. That's what I'm talking about. I think the Pistons. First of all, Red Wings not making it this year. 
Tigers, long shot. Uh, 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 if the Pistons make it, depending on how the chips fall and who they draw in the first round, I could see them making it out of the first round. I think this year, especially with the, with the strength of schedule coming up for the Lions next year, this year was the Lions' best chance to win their, their second playoff game since 1957. They didn't do it. So that's, yeah. why I'm, that's why I'm saying that. They play busted up I'm, Seattle. I'm just crunching the numbers, man. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. They started today. They'd be in that eighth playoff spot. It'd be them, the Bulls, the Pacers, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Cavs. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if they if they were going against the Cavs first round, I would say yeah, it's going to be over four or five games. But if somehow they snuck up and they went toward somewhere towards the middle of the pack to where they draw a seed that's closer to them, they have a better chance of getting out of the first round. Oh, Golden State is forty three and eight. Jesus, don't don't just don't. all right. Yeah, no, all right. Yeah, like I said, we saved that. We got we got plenty of time for that. Uh, thanks everybody who's been listening and downloading at. Uh, you know, we're on iTunes or at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, yeah, uh, we got the streaming station. Uh, the last three podcasts uploaded uh, to the network. Uh, they will play. So Sporty gets a couple of days in there. Uh, if you like it, tell a friend. Uh, on Twitter at Sporgy Podcasts, uh, Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, every month is bigger than the last Every week is bigger than the last, so you, you obviously you're liking it, you're listening, you're telling people, so keep that going. And uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next week. All right, later, guys. See you, guys. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net